Then it flashes back to their previous miserable life on Earth. So it's like lost. Yeah. In space. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. This episode of Sincast is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema streaming exceptional films from around the globe. Each day, Mubi introduces a new gem and you have one month to watch it. From cult classics to acclaimed masterpieces, every film is hand-selected by experts. Try Mubi free for 30 days at mubi.com slash cinemasins. That's mubi.com slash cinemasins for your extended free trial. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Aye, aye. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I, I even I, saluted. Yeah, you did. The two-finger. I don't know what that I is. I think that's... that's a. Like flipping people off. I've clearly never been in the military. So <laughs> Don't ever do that in Belize. Um, and uh, from music video sends Barrett share. Hola. Ooh, mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Broke out the Spanish. Mm-hmm. Or in English, hola. That's right. That's right. No. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's just when you're trying to be real cool about it. Like, I know there's an H there. You know there's an H there. We know it's not pronounced, but guess what? I'm pronouncing it. That's right, <laughs> bitches. Uh, we're going to continue our road trip today. Road trip. Shotgun. On the road again. The most time honored tradition of all the road trip. Oh, the places you'll go. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. And because it is so extensive, we're going to just do Louisiana today. There's a ton of shit so in Louisiana. So much Surprising in Louisiana. Amount. Yeah. So. so much Louisiana. Yes, exactly. There's a, it's a character, Louisiana. It really is. And it, it had more than I actually had anticipated. Because mm-hmm. you think about the swamp and you think about New Orleans and things like that. But then there's other stuff that's just kind of almost seemingly randomly set in in louisiana like 10 cloverfield lane yeah yeah it's yeah. in louisiana she begins in new orleans and she ends up in the rural louisiana countryside and what's weird about that is that nobody speaks with a cajun accent or a louisiana dialect or anything like no. that it just happens to be set in louisiana yeah yeah another one that just happens to be louisiana is um that denzel washington sci-fi movie that tony scott directed Oh, uh, 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 do over uh, deja vu. Deja vu. Do yeah. Over. Um, do over. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of comes out of nowhere that it's, that it's sci-fi and it, it does. And it's some really preposterous sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is laughable. It is like the fast and furious of sci-fi, <laughs> uh, in terms of like concept swallowing, it asks you to do. Yeah. But so watchable man well if you can flip that switch and go i will accept this ludicrous premise it's really watchable and and like truly tense and what it does with the premise it creates is it's able to create an action scene like no movie ever before where denzel's trying to chase jim caviezel in the past Mm -hmm. but denzel's in the present Mm -hmm. but he's wearing that helmet in the car that's showing him the view of the past he's in the daytime Jim Caviezel's in the nighttime. There's no movie that can give you that kind of a chase scene yeah. uh, and the way that that all plays out because 
this is such a unique concept. I really like the movie. It's not, not good by any. No, I, I liked it. Uh, I was in New York when this movie came out, and I remember I watched it with with the other managers and stuff. And like afterwards, one of the girls was like, "Oh, I really liked Halle Berry in that movie." And I was like, <laughs> And I was like, that wasn't Halle Berry. Oh, it was <laughs> like Paula Patton. That was not even close to Halle Berry. I was like, oh, that's, she- that's early Paula Patton. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that's Paula Patton. And she's like, no, no, that was Halle Berry. I was like, <laughs> oh my God. You can't argue yeah. with anybody in New York, by the way. Oh, uh, like, no. You know, I'm, I know for a fact it's not. Oh, you can look it up. No, no. <laughs> it's like when Pacino uh, is talking to uh, Johnny Depp and Donnie, Donnie Brasco. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're right, left. And he's like, of course I'm right. Wise guy's always right. Even when he's wrong, he's right. <laughs> Forget about it. But yeah, that's a good one. Uh, it, it is one of those uh, it, it compulsively watchable, like maybe bad movies yeah. or whatever. Isn't it on the Mississippi River? Is that where like there's a barge coming down or something yeah, like it's, that? Yeah, uh, it's, uh, there's a terrorist attack on a ferry that yeah, has a bunch yeah. of people on it. And Denzel is a cop. His partner's killed in the event. And he kind of ends up roped into this special special investigation by a secret <laughs> government agency that yeah. has a time traveling camera that's right that, uh, it's pretty preposterous in and of itself <laughs> until you realize he's going to get in that machine yeah and be a human time traveling camera and go back in time and then he does it and then you're like i don't care it's still cool yeah mm-hmm. yeah anyway Tony Scott, man. we've Tony already Scott's talked- got a lot of there's bad a lo- good i was gonna say movies. his resume is kind of filled with movies like that yeah yep um that was what he's good at. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is uh, 12 Years a Slave, uh, mm-hmm. one best picture in 2013. Mm-hmm. I have not seen this, but everything, and I, I think Jeremy had mentioned it before, but like reading about it, and it's uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, right? Mm-hmm. He's in it. Um, everything about this movie makes me want to see it, even though I'm sure it's a difficult watch. Um, yeah, it's 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 one of those films that I think is important. And it's difficult to watch because it needs to be in order to tell the story properly. And um, other than Brad Pitt, Jesus, <laughs> pretty flawless. Well, yeah, that. And but you know what? That's that's one of those type of things you put in movies that nearly wreck it. I know, I know. It, it, it and and Pitt is a producer on it, so that's why he gets to be in there, in there, and be the you know the white Canadian savior or whatever. Oh, is he Canadian? He's Canadian. Oh. And um and like uh yeah it's one of those type of things but uh yeah man the movie is uh is brutal and and it just it just it's like yep uh people are uh shitty yeah <laughs> people are real shitty yeah. man because yeah. he's uh, a free man right he is yeah, yeah and he, he gets straight up abducted yeah um Jesus. and there's no laws to protect him and once he gets down south right? yeah. yeah so uh and yeah and it's it's got all that type of stuff where like just the you know all the different things that happen in it you, you know you you'll you'll shed a tear or two mm. in that movie it's it's hard not to yeah um then there is a, on a much much lighter note all dogs go to heaven <laughs> you can shed a, a different type of tear for all dogs yeah go to heaven. yeah yeah. I've never seen this. I, I haven't either. This is one of those movies. I mean, it's right in my wheelhouse in terms of the era I grew up yeah. and when it came out. This is Don Bluth, right? I believe it is. And um, you know, it's just one of those that I saw American Tale. I saw Fern Gully. I saw most of the other <laughs> stuff he, he did. I just this is one of the series that that I didn't ever see. Maybe this was because this is pretty petty, but wouldn't surprise me for my mother to do this. But we were a cat family. 
Mm-hmm. We were never a dog family. So it may have been one of those things where it just was like, ah, it's about dogs. Who cares? <laughs> I definitely, I definitely saw the Aristocats. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Anyway, no. I've never seen this. Is it good? Yes, it's adorable. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's adorable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's one of those classic, you know, just hand-drawn 2D animation. Uh, the dog gets killed early on, like the main uh, main character, and he goes to heaven, and he's allowed to come back to, I don't know. This is, this is the premise of about 50% of the movies in the 80s. Yes, exactly. Yes, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Hello again. Yeah. And all that, yeah. Heaven can wait. <laughs> exactly, yeah. No, it's it's adorable. It's uh, I obviously haven't seen it in a long time, but it I Didn't remember. It have, doesn't it have like 50 sequels, too? Like, it's got like it's got so, a yeah. one of those. Not quite as many as Air Bud, but yeah. it's got a bunch. It's one of those where if, if they all like, go to heaven, you can recite cycle this idea yeah exactly it's one of those things where if you look at the number of titles it's probably gotten to like seven by now or something or now it's gotten to its subtitle phase where they don't even got the numbers anymore (laughs) hang on let me look this up real quick when it when the movie goes to heaven is it are there people there uh yes but i think they focus on the dogs but it's it's the, the movie is saying this is heaven and everything good that died is here are there cats uh yeah they're birds Uh and things like Mm -hmm. you know what uh, i found completely unfair about the whole ordeal is that sheep go to heaven and goats go to hell (laughs) yeah yeah i know that's (laughs) well that's biblical chris Mm, so this mm. inspired a theatrical sequel a television series and a holiday direct-to-video film okay so not many movie sequels i love the part of that song where he's like go to hell (laughs) go to hell (laughs) every song by them is awesome yeah (laughs) <laughs> Did you see they're touring with Ben Folds this summer? Oh, shit. Yeah, that'd be a good show. I haven't been to a concert. Well, I went to Pentatonix a couple years ago, but I haven't been to a concert in ages. That Nashville. might that would be one that might draw Because there's literally not a cake song that comes on the radio that I don't adore. Yeah. They're all awesome. My wife gets annoyed because I will crank the volume. I do a pretty good imitation of that guy. Of John mm-hmm. McCree, the lead singer from Cake? Yeah, they're one of the most unique sounding bands. Mm-hmm. They have a fucking trumpet. <laughs> well, they just everything about you. You hear it; it takes three seconds to know it's a cake song. Yeah, because it's got that dry like thing, and they're mm. all yelling in the it's background. Int- intentionally sloppy. Yeah. Um. God, I love it. Go yeah. to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Go to hell. Uh, 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 so, two different versions of all the Kings Men. The only one I've seen is the Sean Penn one. Yeah. And I know that the 1949 version is apparently far superior to this. I think but it won Best Picture that year. Yeah, I think it did too. No. Um, but uh, I watched the 2006 version. I wasn't. I didn't like it too much. I didn't either. I mean, this is the story of Huey Long and like his rise to power in Louisiana and how corrupt it was and everything. And yeah, I mean, it just it seemed muddled. There was everybody was in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed like, but yeah, this yeah. Jude Law was in it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even this movie completely erased in my memory somehow. Oh yeah, yeah, I don't know anything about this. All I remember is Sean Penn being like, "If you don't vote, you don't matter." <laughs> <laughs> That's all I remember. Well, see, I can tell you just from that line, I would hate this. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, then there's a yeah, a bad lieutenant, port of call, New Orleans. Woo. Man, I tell you what, this this movie is, I, I swear to God, everybody had to have been doing some sort of acid or something doing this movie. And yet, so this is another one that I haven't seen. It's good, right? Uh, man, it's hard to talk, call this movie good. It's, it is really, really interesting and always will have your attention. It's the best movie that features Exhibit. Mm. The rapper. Wow. Yeah. So... So Nicolas Cage, obviously, in his one of his most unhinged performances, and that's that's saying something. Uh, 
And I think Werner Herzog, too, is probably on one of his most unhinged directorial mm-hmm. performances, also saying something. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, because it's just one of those things where it's sort of like anything goes yeah. in this thing. And like, you know, Nicolas Cage will be tripping somewhere and then the camera will move over and you'll just see a lizard hanging out. <laughs> you know, you know, it's one of those type of things, okay. one of those type of movies. But like, you know, like, yeah, he's a. He's a terrible, ter- like it says, he's, it a, in bad the, he's a bad lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he shakes these two people down at the beginning of the yeah. movie to like get to not get them in trouble, but to steal their drugs. Yep. And, and so, like, oh my god, yeah. this movie's fucked up. Yes, man. it is. Like anytime you think, all right, well now it's like settling into a narrative. Mm-hmm. It'll go to the next bonker sequence. I yeah. Uh, it's it's a i mean it's one of those it's a wreck of worn type yeah, of movie. yeah yeah definitely um then uh beast of the southern wild really good movie yeah um yeah um is this based in reality or is this more of a fantastical movie? i can't remember if it was based on a real thing or not i know it's a post katrina story yeah 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 and uh yeah and it's this uh girl she sort of she's i don't i think she, she's taking care of her dad or something yeah she's taking care of her dad and then uh then she's i think she, she, something separates her from it might be katrina that actually separates mm. them or whatever and then uh she had she's sort of on her own for a while has to figure out how to live on her own and then finally like finds people who can help her or whatever but a uh, really good movie didn't uh, this is Kavenze Wallace is that it? Wallace? Yeah, I don't remember how that. Did she get some produced. Oscar? She got an Oscar nomination. Ah, I got you. Do you think it would suck if you were named Katrina before that hurricane, mm. and then the hurricane? Like to to be to have the name of one of those twenty year storms that kills a bunch of people. Yeah, I guess. Like it's now you say Katrina. That's all mm. you got to say. Yeah. Everyone in the U.S.'s mind goes to death, destruction, yeah, flooding. Yeah. These people named Harvey are going to have a rough time. Yeah, I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, all Harvey. those dudes named double, Harvey. Double entendre with the Harvey. Harvey, Harvey. Harvey Weinstein? Oh, yeah. Harvey yeah, Hurricane. Yeah, yeah. Don't name your kids yeah. Harvey, people. <laughs> yeah, Harvey will be the least popular name, <laughs> least popular baby name in the next 25 years. So finally somebody's like, wait a minute, why did we ever get away from Harvey? And then... <laughs> And meanwhile, uh, one of the most popular names for the next 10 years will be Killmonger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. absolutely. <laughs> a little Killmonger. That's right. You know someone's going to name their kid Killmonger. <laughs> yeah. Or Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's probably already happened. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely going to happen. Uh, yeah. He, it's funny. Barrett writes down Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah. remember? Did you see this? I did. Oh, man. I Fuck built this it. Movie. Oh, did you really? Yeah. This was, I mean, this was. The second, this came out when I was at my yeah, second this theater. would have been 98 or 99. Yeah, this came and uh, so I put a print together, so I had to watch it at that point. And uh, at, when I saw Blues Brothers 2000, I had never seen Blues Brothers. Oh, really? But I didn't need to to know that uh, what I was watching was liquid trash. Okay, so it wasn't a Horrible Bosses 2 situation? No, no. This is one of those <laughs> things where I was like, why? It, like, to my mind, it made me think the first one was liquid trash because mm. I thought they were they were doing what the first one had done. I wonder if that colored your opinion of that first one. It may have. It may have, because I, the Blues Brothers 2000 is it's like the opposite of fun. It is horrible. It takes all of the... It, it's it's what all the uh, the copycats and the sequels do uh, for, like, you know, I don't know, horror movies or something like that. Where, oh, we'll take this part of it, which is what people want, and mm. then make it into... I think when it's, it's much more of the context. Blues Brothers, the original one, 
was really heavily based on John Belushi. I know that I'm stating the obvious, but mm-hmm. it's the relationship between Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi. If you don't have John Belushi, then you really don't have a movie. They put in all the big uh, musical set pieces in Blues Brothers 2000. They put in the road trip and all that stuff. They put in a bunch of cameos, but they don't have any of the spirit of the first. Well, no, I felt like the first one, the the music came organically. Like yep. they would walk into a place and it would just they'd have some story there. And then and then somebody would break in a song. Mm-hmm. This one feels like more like, hey, Johnny Lang. Yeah. You know, <laughs> speaking of you're a guy. The, where the fuck did he go? <laughs> yeah. He's still doing stuff. I actually looked him up fairly recently. He's still like doing blues albums. Okay, so like Lie to Me is a kick ass song. Mm-hmm. And he has upper echelon guitar talent mm-hmm. and good looks. Yeah. And he came out the same time Kenny Lane Shepard came out. Mm-hmm. And they both just poof. Yeah. Disappeared. Well, I'm sure they like have their name when it first came out, too, right? I mean, I don't know, but I could go back and watch the Lie to Me video right now and I'll probably get goosebumps because yeah. he's that talented. And then poof. <laughs> 20 years whatever uh, he's doing nobody has cared or yeah. at least those who have cared have been a, a small in number not a big you know white blues who man are the other fame there's some there's a couple other famous singers that they db king in is in there and um let's see i think aretha is in this one too right? in here um john popper oh yeah yeah, getting to the musicians I bet, down here. I, I bet he plays harmonica i don't remember I him does. playing harmonica I bet, but I bet he does james brown Paul oh. Schaefer, Erica Badu. Mm. Uh, Paul Schaefer. Yeah, man. One of these things is not like the other. Eric Clapton. <laughs> Eric in fact, Clapton's in? in fact, there's a, there's a whole band called the Louisiana Gator Boys, and you have Gary U.S. Bonds, Eric Clapton, Clarence Clemens, Jack D. Jeanette, Bo Diddley, mm. John Faddis, Isaac Hayes, oh, Dr. Isaac John. Hayes. Dr. John. They did get a lot of big names in there. Yeah, it's Lou Rawls. Dr. John by now is like just 30% clothes. <laughs> he does. Well, it, that's the same can be said of George Clinton. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like uh, his character is Muppet, the Muppet character that's based on Dr. John with all like the flowing robes and all that shit. He like the actual Dr. John has become that, I think. Well, what, real briefly, while we, I'll give honorable mention to the Treme the HBO show, mm-hmm. which is not a movie. Oh yeah! But one of the things I appreciated about that show was how much it loved New Orleans, mm-hmm. both as the city landscape, architecture, but the local musicians. Like mm-hmm. I learned so much about like true, true jazz roots and who mm-hmm. the real gods were just by watching that show. Because if there's somebody playing an instrument on that show and it's not Wendell Pierce, that's a real god yeah, of jazz, yeah, like yeah. Kermit, whatever. And like all these, <laughs> I forgot Kermit's last name, but it's not the frog. Um, <clears throat> and he doesn't have a cloaca. <laughs> anyway, Tremé was awesome. Really yeah. slow. Um, really more of a novel about, you know, a community trying to recover. This is definitely about <laughs> Katrina, what did I say? I'm sorry, no, 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 I just thought about something. Oh, well, okay, good. As long as I didn't put my foot no, in my mouth. No, you didn't say anything. <laughs> um, I really like that violin girl. Yeah, I mm. do too. Yeah. I do too. And John Goodman is in this? Yeah, John Goodman. Just for for uh, a brief moment. For, for at least part like, of one season. <laughs> the thing I was thinking about, because Wendell Pierce is at the beginning of one of the episodes, is like, he's he's married, but he, he's, he's always banging other oh, girls yeah. in it and everything. And, like, there's a point where he's having sex with this woman at the beginning, and he's like, you know what they call the instrument I play, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> the bow. The bow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, man. But, yeah, there's also Jimmy Vaughn, Steve Winwood. Yeah, there was a lot of, like, big names. Bring me a 
higher love. That's right. Nashville resident Steve Winwood. Really? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's a bullet to the head. God damn. I, I didn't see this movie, but I think it had, I mean, pick any time and it will be bad timing to have a, a movie called Bullet to the Head yeah. come out. But I think it was originally planned to come out around the time that there was a shooting. It may have been the Gabby Giffords uh, thing. Oh, yeah. But it was like, every time I saw promos for it, I was like, God, no. Jason Momoa's in it. Christian Slater. Mm, not really selling it to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, then there's uh, Cat People. Yeah, I have seen this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How did we end up doing All Dogs Go to Heaven and Cat People yeah. in the same state? Uh, Do you cat- remember what it's about? No. <laughs> You, okay, so when you are flipping through channels or whatever, and you and you land on cat people, you do not care about the plot whatsoever <laughs> because Natasha Kinski is just naked all the way through the movie. That's all it is. This is her naked. There's and a ninety percent chance that you land on a nude scene. Very much so. And you and you're just sitting there going, "What is it?" At first, you're like, wow, that's awesome. She's hot. And then you're going, wait, why is she naked all the time? <laughs> Maybe there's a problem. Are there any cats in the movie? <laughs> can't even remember. That's awesome. Here. I'm watching this movie tonight. Yeah. I can't even remember. If there were right cats. after I finished Law Abiding there, Citizen. I think oh, there, there are. I think there are cats. Isn't that uh, also a <laughs> Ray and Newman song? Cat people got no Short reason to people. live. Short people. Short <laughs> people. I know it was. Short people have nothing to live. Yeah. Okay. So here's the IMDb description. This is perfect. Awesome. A young woman's sexual awakening brings horror when she discovers her urges transform her into a monstrous black leopard. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, sweet. So she's naked. Then she turns into a leopard and kills. Yeah. Why am I not seeing this movie 12 times? I know. Yeah. This movie is right up my alley. Um, yeah, Paul Schrader, man. Paul Schrader's a, a dark motherfucker. Uh, then there's the curious case of Benjamin Button. Mm. Mm. Is this, this is, this is the, is this, okay, so this is a popular movie. Yeah, it made a decent amount of money, right? It made a lot of money. It got nominated for a lot of awards, and I believe the IMDb rating is way up there too. Really? Which is which surprised me because everybody I ever run into says they don't like this movie. I don't like this movie. I don't know anybody that does. No, I mean it it's overlong. Yeah. It's an interesting story, but it's like a creepy story at at its heart. The mm-hmm. visual effects just get in the way. Yeah, exactly. Instead of helping tell the story, they're mm-hmm. distracting. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's my just, least favorite Fincher film. Definitely. Yeah. I was about to ask if is is this or Alien Three is worse, but like the problem is, the problem is is that a lot of people love Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yeah, I don't know. It it missed for me. Yeah, this is another F. Scott Fitzgerald story. Yeah, and aging backwards. Yeah, it's got a it's got a great premise. Obviously, yeah, yeah. it's a cool premise. Yeah, but you know, like you guys are saying, I think there's like a just too it's too long, and it feels like it just. Yeah, it's exhausting to watch. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, like I, f- I get this feeling that once this is published, you're gonna we're gonna have so many people on Facebook going like, "This is my favorite movie." Here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, good for you. Yeah, and then I think we discussed this in the Sins video. Daddy's home. Oh God! Like, th- does there's anything that it's in New Orleans? It's not it, even like in rural Louisiana. Yeah, is there anything that just cries out to you, New Orleans, about this movie? It, it shocked me actually because when they cut away to like the hospital where they go to get uh, his sperm count checked or whatever, it's like New Orleans hospital. I'm like, fuck, is this in New Orleans? And then you go back, and there are clues that it's in New Orleans, mm-hmm. but. 
Yeah, it's in the suburbs. It has nothing to do with the Man, city. that New Orleans song in the Simpsons uh, parody of Streetcar, mm-hmm. that song is trashing New Orleans. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you watched that recently. Uh-huh. It was on the other day, but it's like every syllable of that New Orleans song is like trashy, violent, evil, and cruel. It's yeah. like that, that every <laughs> syllable or every like adjective they use is negative. Well, that was one of the yeah. early Simpsons... Uh, like controversies because people of new orleans were not happy about right that. right i think i remember that yeah they, there was a there was a big thing about that it's kind of like when they went to australia and of course yeah. uh, they got australia wrong and <laughs> and uh Bert gets booted yeah <laughs> that's right um but uh but yeah like or, or was it australia it, it might have been australia it also brazil too they went to brazil and yeah. that didn't go over well i don't think but by the way in that uh we've heard from several australian listeners and that picture that you were talking about with yeah. the snakes and the dingo and the shark in the yeah. background apparently the snakes are fucking and not fighting yes and also uh the deaf guy from rat race wasn't deaf he yeah, and had actually, a tongue piercing yeah. and talked funny for, which is almost instead of praising the movie for writing a deaf character, it's almost offensive to deaf people yeah. to write the character the way they did it. I've only seen the movie a couple times. Clearly, I forgot that part. Yeah, yeah. You know what though? We're human beings. That's right. Mm-hmm. We make mistakes. That's true. <laughs> Just like God did when He made us. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Um. Uh, speaking of making mistakes, now the movie is <laughs> the movie's fine. The movie's good. The movie's great, actually. Dead Man Walking, but yeah. the Sean Penn in, in in the movie makes a lot of mistakes. He made mm-hmm. several mistakes, like on purpose. Yes, yeah. Uh, that movie's really good, though. Um, it does challenge your ideas about the death penalty mm-hmm. a bit. Well, I think that was sort of the point. Yeah, this was when Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins were both publicly vocal against the death penalty and and i remember even loving the movie knowing they made this movie to make a statement about the death penalty yeah 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 uh but it it does work it is effective i think at the time uh i was 18 so i probably probably had a different i probably had a way more right-wing view of death penalty at the time me too uh but watching watching that movie i was like yeah you know i mean it's true it's Mm. not there's not really much we're really gaining by killing this guy no i mean again and i don't want to get all political like i i totally understand the people out there who want some sort of justice uh, it's a murky issue but mm-hmm. for me it's just a logical it doesn't make any sense to me yep. what you've done is so terrible that to punish you we're going to do the thing you did mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense to me anyway movie's really good sean yeah. penn's great in it uh sarandon's great in it yeah uh, she won the it, oscar it is a heavy ass slog of emotion yeah like, you're gonna feel exhausted when you're done yeah and tim robbins directed it he did yep. uh, has he directed a whole lot of stuff bob roberts well bob, bob roberts. roberts was one and then uh god he did a couple, couple others. others yeah i don't think he's like prolific or anything but even bob roberts was he was trying to make political statements mm-hmm. as much as a movie wouldn't it be awesome if he looked it up and found out like he directed the sequel to homeward bound or something yeah. like he had some sort of like stealth directing career oh yeah cradle of rock was another one. Oh, that's right that's a really good movie yeah uh and then after that it's a lot of tv shows and stuff like that mm. so he cradle of rock was his last well feature. he just i read yesterday a headline that hbo has canceled some show with him I, i've not been watching it because i didn't know about it i think mm. it's that here and now thing i keep looking yeah, yeah. past uh-huh. um then there's down by law I don't, yeah I have no idea what oh this really is. Yeah. this is jim jarmish uh in, oh. a, in an early feature for jim jarmish okay. and it's roberto benini <laughs> it's uh tom waits and it's john lurie 
Oh, this is this is a great movie. This is a total recommend. It's in black and white. Um, but half it's, the movies he makes are in black and white. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, especially in his early career, like uh, I think Dead Man was in black and white. That's really the only other one I know of. Um, I was just making a generalization. Oh, it's so great. It's it's these three guys that hate each other. Roberto Benigni doesn't even speak English. I don't think he even knew English when he did the, the movie in real life. <laughs> And uh, it's them, they're convicts, and they're in the same, like, cell block, and they end up busting out one way or another, and they're wandering the Louisiana countryside trying to, you know, get to, to civilization. And it's, like all Jim Jarmusch movies, it's very deliberately paced and everything. It's a, a lot of dialogue. It's a lot of, you know, exterior shots and things like that, but it's so good, man. So it's like an art house version of Fled. <laughs> that's what he that's what he went out to do and he accomplished it by god yes. this probably came out before fled it though. did come out yeah. before fled. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. oh it's so good man um and then there is drive angry holy crap now talk about a movie that is just unfreaking hand i think i've been like subconsciously avoiding louisiana movies or something <laughs> um drive angry is a nicholas cage another just uh, just insane movie there's a scene where he's having sex with charlotte ross in a like a hotel room or something and guys come in to try to kill him actually this might be see i think they may even be stealing from shoot 'em up here because shoot 'em up has a scene like this i think oh really yeah where, it does. where he's having sex with somebody and then people come in to try to kill yeah. kill him and then like they're like he's still having sex with her and as doing he's all the shooting yeah, yeah. is this um, a terrible movie I, I think I remember enjoying how unhinged this movie was. I saw it when it came out, and it was because I, I didn't understand like the supernatural elements of it. I thought it was just like a gone in sixty seconds type of thing. Mm -hmm. But like he comes back from the dead, right? And like he's he's got to challenge Satan or something like that. Like there's there's a spiritual ghost writery element to this. Um, uh, and, it's not just you know fast cars and stuff yeah like vengeful father escapes from hell and oh, chases yeah. after the man who killed his daughter and kidnapped his granddaughter it's a ghost rider it's a part of the ghost yeah, rider expanded part of that yeah exactly amber heard's on this yeah, william yeah. fickner yeah um all right so escape plan uh this movie should have been a lot better yeah i feel like i, I really love the premise is this a stallone schwarzenegger, this is stallone -Schwarzenegger. oh yeah i kind of like the idea too i love the premise of a guy who has to who is hired to fit, find the weaknesses in prisons and stuff mm -hmm. the problem for me on this one is that of course someone hates the guy who does that mm -hmm. and they put him in this impossible to escape prison and uh and so like he's got to figure out how to get out and everything and um and so like yeah there's a point where uh stallone goes up to the top and he finds out oh this prison's on a big huge ship and it's like in the middle of the water <laughs> i just wish it had been i wish it had been somebody made a prison that was impossible to escape and that instead of there being people wanting to keep him there yeah he was he had to try to find his way out that like would have been so Ocean's much more 11 fun. kind of break out of prison thing yes yeah, it that would have been ruled. so much more fun than this yeah and you're totally right about because i saw ready player one by the way mm -hmm. and you're totally right about the unnecessary like extra villain there like it should yeah. be the journey to get to the egg because they cut so much context out of that of the book to get that movie mm -hmm. and it's like that was the fun stuff that I, I enjoyed reading. I think I think people I don't know, I think it's when there's there's got to be some idea that 
the situation can't be the antagonist in the in the story for some reason. Even when it's a natural antagonist, like the escape plan or, or Ready Player One, where it should be hard enough. You don't yeah. need all this other bullshit. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what I thought I was getting into with escape plan. But then you, you find out, oh, there's people who want him to be in the prison and mm-hmm. they're keeping him there and all that. And yes, of course, he breaks out. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's not the point. The point is to me is is it should have been this guy is like you know the guy who built the prisons like i know i've got him this time or whatever and like you know and it's not and it's and it's nothing like just untoward he just Mm, wants to find out if there's any weaknesses (laughs) or and he thinks he's built the perfect place and it just ends up yeah it's okay it's okay it's good it's a a decent move Mm. overall uh, but I don't remember too much New Orleans or Louisiana about it, though. Let's yeah. just say there's a better Stallone prison escape movie in Tango and Cash. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Than this movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Tango and Cash. Good mm-hmm. stuff, man. Mm-hmm. 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 That's mm-hmm. right. Um, and then, yeah, The Expendables. Yeah, another man. Stallone movie. Their home base is in uh, Louisiana and New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Uh, fuck this movie, by the way. I fuck this movie and fuck this franchise. Fuck it in the year. People fucking people fucking love these movies. I hate them. Fuck them, man. It's like it's, not the people, the movies. Yeah, this is kind of the reason. I, I don't know. I feel like this is this and Fast and Furious are both kind of intertwined and in pushing us towards this place where extremes and huge cameo casts are like now part of the ingredients studios think make good films. Mm-hmm. And I don't think in and of itself that's true. There's not there's not one moment about any Expendables movie that I've enjoyed. No, me neither. Not one. And I like most of the people in them. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I am not going to get a boner because you put Stallone, Schwarzenegger, and Bruce Willis in a church and had a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That, and, and honestly, again, I'm going to incite a lot of hate by saying this, but this is what worries me about Avengers Infinity War is mm. that cameoitis that that <clears throat> that seeing star lord talk to tony stark in and of itself will be entertaining yeah and that not much thought will go into what they say yeah and honestly i think most of the marvel fans will they they just want that mm-hmm. they just want that scene more than they want what they're saying to matter mm. and i'm not that guy yeah, well, Expendables what, never on my radar. I don't like, don't care. Fuck you. That's exactly what the Expendables are. It's it's getting the bros together and be all muscly and fucking you know antagonistic to each other, and then cutting to laughing shots from Dolph Lundgren. Like this yeah. spinoff with the Rock and Statham mm-hmm. from the Fast and Furious. That's because of the Expendables. It's just yeah. Hey, let's take two side characters who are big name actors and put them in an action film. We'll hire some hot people. I'm just oh, I'm over the whole mm-hmm. thing. I agree. Yeah. Sorry um and then uh yeah eve's bayou i never saw this i remember it coming out um i know this is i know samuel jackson's in this. yeah man there's some this is talk about heavy movie yeah doesn't isn't it like one of his kids sees him like having an affair or something like that and then (laughs) and then from that perspective like everything the movie kind of unfolds based on that perspective and that perspective may not be reliable right and it goes to some weird places. Oh yeah? yeah, is there is there any is there any murder mystery type uh, stuff in at this? the very end? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> this is an inappropriate time to be laughing, but uh, I I think it was Josh. I don't want to pin it on him. Somebody, one of my friends and I were coming out of a movie and saw the poster for Eve's Bayou. I didn't actually see it, but my friend was like, "Oh, look at Eve. She's doing well for herself. Got herself her own Bayou and everything." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, that's all I can contribute to that discussion. Um, so this was it good? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. It's, it's, it's got a seven point three on IMDb. Yeah, I mean it, it's a good movie, but I it's been a while since I've seen it. But it's not a movie that I would want to watch a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, Fletch Lives, which uh, I've seen, uh-huh. I saw a long time ago. I don't remember much about it. I, is this is this the one? This is the one uh, where he does he uh disguise himself as a bug man in this one yeah so this one uh he is willed a property in louisiana by his aunt Mm -hmm. and so he goes down and uh is involved in uh, a uh, a conspiracy that that uh, pops up about this televangelist Harley Ermy mm-hmm. um, that uh, wants to take over this property and his property to make a Bible themed or a Bible themed theme park called Bible Land mm-hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I love this movie so much, but I fucking love this movie. Look, why is there not a Bible land? No, there, I, I, I think, think there is. No, I think there is. No, but I don't mean like, I don't mean, let me explain what I mean. Yeah, I think there are a couple of Christian theme parks. I know there's like a creationist museum. I'm talking about a balls to the wall theme park where you take like exciting Bible stories mm-hmm. and you create exciting rides and roller coasters. Like you get to be like samson the ride or whatever and <laughs> noah's <you>, flume zoom <laughs> <laughs> why not why not exactly that would make shit tons of money yeah yeah i think yeah. you're right noah's flume ride right there's enough action in the bible i'm saying yeah they could create rides mm-hmm. if they can create rides out of the fucking minions mm-hmm. they can create why not i wish i could make rides literally out of the minions <laughs> Yeah, just carve them just, out and hollow them Yeah, out. you are now a trap. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I know I've seen it, but I am I know that first one way more yeah. than this one. <clears throat> there are some things that, that overlap that I get uh, confused, but this one has like Hal Hallbrook in it and uh, Cleveland Little, I think, is, oh, yeah? is in this too. Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. Mm. It's peak Chevy Chase and I am... Yeah, as we've said before, Chevy Chase had two speeds in the 80s and early 90s. He had the dumb, doddering National Lampoon's Vacation Chevy Chase, and then he had the witty, smartass Chevy Chase yeah. that was in Fletch. Mm-hmm. And I always preferred the witty, smartass one. Hmm. Mm. Um, then, probably more like what he is in real life, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then there's Focus. I believe, is this the Will Smith, uh, yeah. Margot Robbie? There's movie? just oh, a yeah. section in that. Yeah. Let I me mean, go to the Superdome or something. The last time I talked about it on the podcast, like six months ago, mm. I barely remembered enough to say anything anyway, and I've forgotten even more now. <laughs> it's, I didn't hate it, but it's not really a standout kind of. I think this is I think this is one of the movies I have two copies of ah. and I still haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Double focus. <clears throat> Double focus. Uh then there's Girl Strip. They uh, obviously go down to New Orleans in that movie. Um God, I wanted to like this movie I more too. than I did. Wait, I did too. I'm not I'm not the only one thinking that. I actually thought you guys liked it before you just said that. Well, no, Tiffany, Haddish. I mean, Tiffany Haddish. She's definitely amazing. funny. Yeah. yeah. And I it was one of those movies that by the time I got around to it, I wasn't even worried about laughing i thought i was gonna love it because yeah. it had gotten such high marks and i didn't hate it it's just more of a b for me no, than like an a that's exactly what it is it's a better bad moms than bad moms yeah. it's a way better rough night than rough <laughs> night yeah. Yeah. it's definitely better but, but... It, none of them hit the highs of like the hangover nope. or well, i don't really like bridesmaids but most people like it more than it's not even that level yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh but uh but yeah um 
it, yeah, yeah. I, I really liked Haddish in it, and then everything else is like, eh, it's yeah. just kind of just stock characters. I mean, it's it's cool to see Regina Hall's character be like this Oprah type badass of mm-hmm. like world world beater and everything. And she don't she doesn't need a man and stuff like that. But yeah, I I just was expecting a little more than it was. Yeah. Um. Then there's the Green Mile. Yeah. Oh, Although, the mile. Uh, a lot of the Green Mile was shot here in Nashville. Yes. Uh, and I don't know. If, see, now I don't know if they used the prison. I guess they used the interiors of the they prison. Must, they had to have because that—that's the story that a lot of Hollywood Twenty Seven people have is that Tom Hanks came to the theater and saw Ronan one yep. day. Um, and uh, which I, I was not around at Hollywood Twenty Seven when that happened. Damn it! Yeah, uh, but you would have been like, "Hey, you're a younger version of me." Yeah. Well, there was there was a guy who was. <laughs> that's so- my Tom Hanks, by the way. Yeah, there was a guy who was so convinced that I looked exactly like Tom Hanks that he put a poster of Green Mile up on in the projection booth with my name over his, <laughs> over Tom Hanks' name. Um, but uh, yeah, I do believe they shot at least. I think they shot most of this in in Nashville. Yeah, I think so. And there might be some you know exterior stuff that was shot. Yeah, and it's set it's set in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, uh, I love this movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love this movie not as much as Shawshank, but it's. It's not that far away. Like, I, if it's on, even if it's on, like, TNT or something like that, like, I'll watch a decent show. There's another stealth Sam Rockwell being awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People he's don't remember him. Unrecognizable. Yep. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're familiar with Rockwell and then you watch this is you watch this movie the first time, you're like... Nah. He plays a great asshole, though. Yes, he does. He does. <laughs> this movie does get me... A, first of all, I think it's about 20 minutes too long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And the magic of the movie is backloaded. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, literally, it's well, literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's when the movie gets supernatural that I actually start to feel things about these characters. And, um, <clears throat> but it's good. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the magic comes out of literally comes out of nowhere. Like you, you seem to be watching. It's a compelling drama on its own. And Hanks is terrific in mm-hmm. it. But then when you get this John Coffey stuff, you're like, what the fuck? And well, it and really takes off. They, it's this movie really is populated with a lot of like great characters and yeah. stuff. Michael Jeter plays a really mm-hmm. memorable character in this. Obviously, Michael Clark Duncan. Obviously, Sam Rockwell. And uh, and then I don't remember the guy's name, but the asshole ward, the not warden, asshole guard guy. I don't remember <sighs> his, that guy's He's name. Discount Casey Zemesco. Um, <laughs> and David Morris is great. In yeah. This too. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things that it actually has, I think the story has real power, uh, especially that image of him cradling the two bloody yeah. dead children when you have the, the context of why he was doing it. And he's just, God, it's bawling. The character goes from monster to, you know, baby yeah. in your eyes like that. Anyway, I just wish it would get there faster. What I was going to say that I lost that I now have regained is there's a little bit of that unnecessary secondary villain here because between Sam Rockwell and the asshole guard, I think maybe one of them could have carried it uh, because there's enough circumstantial antagonism that I don't think they need two assholes agree, in that yeah. prison. By the way, that guy's name is Doug Hutchison. He played Percy Wetmore. Oh, and yeah. then Barry Pepper, obviously, is in this, too. Percy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Green Mile, really good movie. Um, then there's Happy Death Day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I still haven't seen this. It's set at, like, a Tulane type of university. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a lot of fun. It I is. mean, it, it, it. you feel like it could have been a better movie. But for what, you know, this is one of those. For what it is, it is... But if if it had three or four tweaks to the script, and again we talked about the rating, if you made it a little bit more mm-hmm. of a, a hard R type of thing, I think it would be like really up there, like yeah. a really really good movie. Yeah, 
Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, there's some things in there like it's like, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you break it down when we did the right. sense thing. Like, no, yeah, no, no, yeah. No. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh no, it's fun. Um and then there is uh Hard Target. Yeah, John Woo. Oh, John this Woo, is man. actually good. This, this is, is John Woo. Woo. Yeah, it's John Woo, and I believe it's his first movie in, in the States. I think it is so. Um, and he wanted somebody other than uh, Jean Claude. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he wanted Kurt Russell in this movie. Oh really? Well, that uh, could have worked too. But yeah, so it it changed the whole complexion of the movie because he wanted Kurt Russell, which would have had more dramatic weight, obviously, than Jean Claude Van Damme. But because Jean Claude Van Damme was able to do so much of the actiony stuff, it made it more actiony. Unfortunately, Kurt Russell was unavailable because he was filming Escape from L.A. Yeah, yeah, totally. or overboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, this is this is enjoyable the mm -hmm. action you're gonna see john woo touches here and there mm -hmm. um but it's not perfect and you know john claude is always a little bit hamstrung as an actor um what he what he brings in action ability he kind of lacks in dramatic yep. ability and there's an actress in here who is just she had a career like in this window 90 like one to 93 yancey butler oh like, wow she was in a ton of things back then i felt i feel like man i don't maybe she wasn't maybe she was only in like two things huh. maybe she was like, just in a bunch of your dreams Ooh, she's really pretty um but she's very pretty but uh but yeah she's like I, I that's one of those like wow what happened to her after that because it was, she seemed like she was in a ton of stuff at that point she was in hard target the hit list drop zone let it be me fast money ravager that's all from 93 to 97 yeah, there was a period of time there where she just liked everything, and then suddenly huh. just kind of like, yeah, I mean, anyway. <laughs> there's jumps, there's kicking, there's an arrow. Yep. Um, What's next? Yeah, uh, interview with the vampire. Oh, Jesus. Everything has to go down to New Orleans when it's Jesus vampires. Jesus Christ. God damn. What a, yeah, what true a... blood and all that. Yeah, exactly. This movie is a slog for me. It's, like, it's not good. I can't, I have trouble enjoying any of it. Mm-hmm. Any of it like i just don't. yeah it's it's a slow ass it's trying to be real artistic this was the first time we looked at vampires in this kind of romantic way it's like yeah. a merchant ivory vampire film yeah yeah and it has a million people on it, it does but this is neil jordan's follow-up to the crying game that's so weird man. yeah like out of nowhere he makes this you know he makes this uh a very different type of drama and then he's like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna adapt an Anne Rice but he novel. did bring uh his buddy from crying game over um, oh steven ray yeah, steven yeah. ray that's the best part of the movie both musically i love the score to this and then he's like you know doing weird flips and walking you know on the the ceiling and uh he's like the only vampire that seems like he's having fun even tom cruise as lestat who's supposed to be having a lot of fun is not having a lot of fun yeah antonio banderas is in this for a hot second i'm yeah. surprised that somebody saw this movie and then kirsten dunce had a career afterwards because i think uh, she's, she's a fine actress yeah she's super outside young. of this movie <laughs> yeah. but in this movie she's just nails on a chalkboard to mm -hmm. me and i get that the character's supposed to be that she's that too. yeah 
And then well, later on in life, she grew up and became a good actress. Yeah. Especially when she finds out that she'll never be the age of the woman that she sees in the window yeah. or yeah. whatever. She mm-hmm. goes off on that big, you know. God, yeah, everybody's a, depressed and brooding and yeah. fucking just come on. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. But yeah, it's, it's like it's like the studio, and I think it was Warner Brothers who did this, mm-hmm. but like uh, it's like the studio was like, let's try to get as many like super hunks that we can <laughs> in this thing and just, you know, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. But, yeah christian um, slater again yeah christian slater <laughs> oh yeah uh jfk mm-hmm. uh lots of new orleans stuff in here this is where uh garrison is from mm-hmm. the kevin costner character oh. uh, uh that in fact the the stuff that he tries to tries to do like he he believes the conspiracy was sort of rooted in new orleans the mm-hmm. the, the uh the the conspiracy to kill, kill jfk so like the character that Tommy Lee Jones plays, um, Robert Shaw or something, not Robert Shaw, something Shaw, Clay Shaw. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, Tommy Lee Jones plays Clay Shaw. He He's a New Orleans socialite. Uh, you have the Joe Pesci character. He's supposed, all this is supposed to have happened in New Orleans, mm. and that's why he's able to bring some charges or whatever. He's the only one who's ever brought, I think, a case in the, in, in, uh, the JFK case. Aside from Lee Harvey Oswald yeah, yeah. and everything like that, which never got to go to trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I've talked about my uh, my experience with JFK over the years uh, a bunch. Uh, going from I thought this was the Bible <laughs> to now I, I haven't been able to watch the movie in years because of, you know. He makes a really convincing argument. He though. really does. Yeah. Uh, if you're watching this movie back in 1991 and there's not really anything that you know to go to to like refute it or whatever like the case is amazing like, mm-hmm. you're like oh yeah why would yeah all this stuff makes sense to me and everything this movie's really well made and that's why i, ha- I hate like not have not being able to go back to it very much anymore because it just doesn't have the same when you find out a lot of the stuff in there is either made up or mm-hmm. um just just didn't happen whatever it's it starts to become uh, just a different movie yeah oliver stone had his fastball between like 86 to 91 mm-hmm. right he mm-hmm. was platoon wall street and uh and jfk and then i would say starting at natural born killers like he, yeah he, he starts going off the rails yeah. starts going off the rails so where is he now uh, he's he's in, he's demoted from the minors well, he's in a broadcast booth <laughs> the movies he makes now like you know like the and this is probably not even recent anymore but savages was one that he came out mm-hmm. with it wasn't very good w and, was bad yeah w and then um he came out with something fairly recently, but yeah. it was another one of those. He did that. He did that World Trade Center movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's actually more depressing than Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. yeah. Um. Then there is Jeff, who lives at home. Yeah. I don't. I never saw this. Oh, really? Yeah. This is uh, Jason Siegel and Paul Rudd. How? Yeah, I never saw this either, but this just saying that I'm there. Is oh, it yeah. like a dramedy, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, so Jason Siegel is like this this dude that lives at home in his parents' basement and it's everything. It's Ed Helms, right? Not, I'm sorry, it's yeah. Ed Helms, yeah. yeah. Um and uh Ed Helms is fairly su- successful, but he's having like family troubles and stuff like that. And so Jason Siegel's character, Jeff, wants to go on this like spiritual journey to figure out what he wants to do with his life. And he's like this kind of free-spirited character, kind of mm. like I love you man type mm. of stuff. And uh, that's why I get it confused with uh, Paul Rudd. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a fun watch. It's yeah. Fun. All right. Um, live and let die, man. I tell you what, 
This is one of the most bonkers Bond movies ever made. (laughs) Ever made. Uh, I don't know if whether to even call this good. In fact, I think I hate this movie. If I if I recall, I don't Uh, enjoy watching it. It's a it's it's the typical uh, Bond thing that started happening in the seventies, where if something became popular or at least at least somewhat. I don't know, at least somewhat known, they would try to pattern a whole bond after it. Mm-hmm. So, like, this was a black exploitation bond. Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one where he goes into Harlem and he, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like, Jesus. It's stuff like that. Who did the original song for this? Paul McCartney. Yeah, this was Wings. Wings. Yeah. And the Guns N' Roses covered it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's way better. The no, gun- I like the Wings version. Well, it's, it's, it's that. Now, I heard the Guns N' Roses version of this first. And then Maybe that's it. And then heard wings, but um, I I don't know which one I like better actually. Um, cool. I like the Guns and Roses one because it's got a lot more to it. There's so much more crunch in guitars but, from the '90s on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Live and Let Die, just a strange chapter it in is. the Bond I, franchise. I'm with you. I don't like it. Yeah, Jane Seymour's early Jane Seymour's. Yeah, man. Oh, early Jane yeah. Seymour, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the doctor. That's right. <laughs> Dr. Quinn, the doctor, medicine woman. The doctor is in. <laughs> my wife loves that show. Really? Oh, yeah. oh, wow. I really don't have much respect for my wife's taste in <laughs> television. <laughs> but she doesn't have much respect for mine either. <laughs> um, then there's uh, Mr. Wright. Yeah, so this is another Sam Rockwell. You've seen this, We've right? We've talked about this before. Have this we? is uh, our old buddy wrote this. Oh, Max Landis? Yeah. <laughs> I like how you- <laughs> <laughs> that's the gesture for max landis now it's no longer bring me the check waiter it's max landis um uh, this is a very enjoyable b minus movie that never quite hits it wants to be some mix of i don't know like kiss kiss bang bang mm-hmm. um because basically anna kendrick is bad at relationships and she bump, literally bumps into Sam Rockwell in this like convenience store, I think. And they have this awkward conversation that just continues to where they're eating lunch together. And they kind of start to fall for each other. And he keeps telling her the truth. He kills mm-hmm. people. He's an assassin. She thinks he's joking. They walk They walk in the park and some sniper tries to kill him. And he starts dancing out of the way of the bullets. <laughs> um, and he's basically his shtick is that he's the best assassin because he's he's too quick. He can slow almost slow down time like Quicksilver to Hmm. see things happening around him. They do this camera trick thing. And then later on, he discovers Anna Kendrick has it too and starts throwing knives at her to prove it to her. It's kind of a fun scene. Hmm. Um, Tim Roth is is basically an evil agent who's trying to kill him. It's fun. It's short. Hmm. You're going to laugh. Anna Kendrick gets to be a badass at the end of the film because she's sort of unlocked this assassin power and so she gets to take out some baddies while sam rockwell's taking out some baddies there's some unexpected humor because uh, he bonds with one of the henchmen that tries to kill him with a shotgun yeah. and they, they end up becoming friends anyway uh it's not great mm-hmm. but i sure enjoyed it i had no idea it was set anywhere near louisiana yeah nothing in the movie that said louisiana to me mm. uh one that uh was well, i guess now you see me does have quite a quite a bit in yeah. new orleans um they do what their big show there right yeah they're, like in the middle of the movie i think so yeah yeah now the you see Four horsemen yeah now you see me is one of those movies where um just nothing that mark ruffalo does in this movie by the end of it by the end of this movie you will think back to what mark ruffalo did and you will be like why did you do that mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Right. Now the movie itself is is decent fun. Like the the second one is oh, it's awful. Yeah. Uh, it's just awful. Yeah. The this one is decent fun though. Let's see where they go with the third one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they they pitched it in the trash can <laughs> oh uh, you say that but they're gonna make it oh i just read i just read this morning that somebody greenlit a chicken run sequel oh really like it's uh, they're gonna make everything mm-hmm. our our children's childhood is going to be identical to our own <laughs> that's true it's fucked up yeah that's true uh the uh old boy remake the spike yeah. lee made i've seen this um how does it is, have you seen the first one yeah first one's great I've seen the first one, and I saw no reason to see this one. No, the first one's great, and then, yeah, there's no real need to remake this, but if you're going to remake it, and you're going to have Spike Lee, it feels like it should be way more dynamic than it oh, is. Oh, interesting. Like, you know the scene in the original Old Boy, which is almost like a video game fighting thing, yep. where it's a side-scrolling thing, where he goes, taking on like 30 guys yep. and everything. That's a great little fun scene mm-hmm. completely gone in this one Aww. you know i mean it, it's 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 just not the same thing you know and uh, there's just not anything added to it that makes it and uh yeah it's just uh yeah this it, just to take out all the fun of old boy mm-hmm. now old boy does have and i'm not going to spoil it because it does seem like it's a fairly a fairly recent enough movie but old boy does have like a big revelation at the end and everything and that's still in here mm. but you know i mean you didn't to, to get to that point you didn't get all that you know there wasn't any of that excitement that got us to that point but uh yeah you have josh brolin and you have elizabeth olsen and okay. that's mm. that's thanos banging scarlet witch josh brolin Sweet. we're gonna look back and see that josh brolin had one of the most interesting careers that I nobody really right. talks about i think you you're know? right well he uh, from this point on, I don't think that's going to be the case. That's but true. Up until Cable and Thanos, I think he had he had turned in dynamic work consistently, but wasn't one of the guys we talked about yeah. who does that. <laughs> uh, but history will show him as one of our better actors. Because he's been around, granted, on he, Goonies. Was, he got in because his dad, but yeah. he's good. He wouldn't have stuck around. Cause look what happened to Tori Spelling. That's She's true. not in anything That's anymore. That's true. That's hmm? true. There you go. I just love that scene in Inherent Vice where he just eats all the weed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. so great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Pelican Brief. Obviously, John Grisham has a lot of connection into New Orleans and stuff like that. Didn't this make like a ton of money at it the did, time? Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say ton, but it did. It was a hit. It, may, it came out in Christmas of 93. This is Denzel and Julia Roberts, right? Yeah. Uh, this was when Grisham was was way was super big it's like in addition to nirvana and bridges of the madison <laughs> county they people talked about john christian <laughs> that's true i'll keep adding a list i mean he could do no now granted because of this era he can still do no wrong he can mm. put out a book full of farts and it would sell two million copies but there was this era <laughs> here of farts. where he was i mean he was the most popular writer around yeah. right? and every book that came out was being cast as a film mm-hmm. as it was coming out because there was a nice string there pelican brief started it then they mm-hmm. went back and made a time to kill they made a firm well the, the firm, firm came first the firm came first it's actually the same year the firm came out in the summer okay and then pelican brief came and out and then in they December. went back and did a time to kill time to kill was later client. yeah uh, well they did the Okay, so they did the client first because Schumacher did the client, okay. and and Grisham was so impressed with Schumacher on the client, he finally gave him a time to kill. Okay, he didn't want that one to get shot for a long time. Huh? And then because the client, he liked the client so much. I don't know That's, why. All right, the clients. 
It's fine. basic. Yeah. I mean, it, will, it will go down in history as having given us Brad Renfro. Yeah. And, that's and, basically and it. then Brad Renfro deprived us of him <laughs> for the rest of his life. Um, what was the one that Coppola did? Oh, uh, 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 the Rainmaker. Rainmaker. Yeah. yeah. Rainmaker. There was another one, the Runaway Jury. Like anything he published yeah. got turned into a movie because he was that popular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because yeah, yeah. You, I think you said The Chamber. You uh-huh. had, uh, I mean, that was, I mean, it was just like. Yeah, it seemed like every year there was a new Grisham, and it was always the same thing. Yeah, they're, they're Some lawyer drama. Yeah, yeah, they're generally fine. I think maybe The Client is my least favorite one, and I still like that. Like, yeah. I, I, I like The Pelican Brief a lot, love The Firm. Mm-hmm. Runaway Jury is another Grisham. I l- really like Runaway Jury, I mean, which it's is set all, in Louisiana, too. It's all, we're all, these are all in the B- minus to B+. plus. Mm-hmm area of entertainment i actually read most of these books back in this era at this point in my life uh this is again pre-constant high-speed internet so <laughs> kids had to do things like read um so i I read most of the grishams all the Crichtons, uh mm-hmm. all the tom clancy's in this in this 80s 90s era those were the three big authors at least in terms of uh whose books became movies mm-hmm. um did you read all the danielle Steele? No, but my mom did mm-hmm. <laughs> i read the sydney sheldon oh nice. um no uh y- yeah, I think I read I read three of these. I read the three big ones: the Firm, Pelican Brief, and uh, Time to Kill. Mm. And that was that's where I stopped. Uh, Grisham's fine. I yeah. just uh, I did I just didn't need to read any of the other mm-hmm. ones. After no, that. it, it does get was, a, it's a bit like repetitive, like Entourage. You, you sort of feel the beats coming. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, mm-hmm. legally saves the day that's over right. and over and over. <laughs> this uh, massive overbilling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then there's just the plane, the rescuers. Yeah. They're not from down under. No, they're not from down under yet. Do you remember the rescuers? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This was one of the few appropriate things I was allowed to watch. Um, and down under. They're both enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I mean, I don't remember them in the sense that I remember plot details. I just remember it was adventurous. It was fun. Rodents. I enjoyed it. They're like a secret society of, of mice that help save the day yeah i don't know man it's now, yeah, it was back in the day where mice were saving the day that's right all man. the God time damn, mice were like it's like we didn't know they were diseased or all something right. american tale what was the one with basil on baker street uh oh, great mouse detective, great mouse detective. Mouse detective. Yeah. i love that shit <laughs> yeah man. not yeah. to mention it all goes back to mickey yeah fucking ass mm-hmm. mice yeah uh we or just steamboat willie sorry we just talked about runaway jury in part uh and then there's uh sex lies and videotape yeah mm. god this is a good movie yeah saw it once you were underwhelmed? No, I remember being whelmed. Do we, do, <laughs> was there, I don't remember much about this. Was there very much New Orleans or Louisiana? I think it's anything? actually in Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge? Yeah. See, and again, I've never been to Louisiana at all. So in my mind, Baton Rouge and New Orleans are identical. They're the same. I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're similar, but <laughs> yeah, different. But in my mind, they're, they're like the same exact thing. Uh, this is probably, man, Andy McDowell is in two movies that I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really, she's fine in this one. In fact, she's better in this than she is in Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. She's annoying in Groundhog Day. Here, it's just this whole movie has a has a a vibe that's very cool, and mm-hmm. it's it's askew and anything with James Spader. Well, yeah, in this, in I mean, this you time kinda, I kind of want to bang James Spader in this movie, right? <laughs> I, know, I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like when like she she comes up to him and he's like, "Do you think you can ha- give me an orgasm?" And he's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's lost something though hasn't he <clears throat> like he's the most in danger of turning into james woods from this point forward right i think he's turning into like christopher walken where he's like chewing everything yeah because every, yeah, he because there's a period of time where he's 
he does his little office stint where he's the boss there. Mm-hmm. Robert California? Yeah, Robert California. <laughs> he does that, uh, and then he's uh, Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. where he's basically doing that whole thing, too. But wasn't he doing it on that legal show? Boston Legal? Boston Legal. And then Boston he's Legal. on the, another show where he's... Blacklist. Blacklist, yeah. And now he's really into dialogue chewing like yeah. he'll, he'll make something like a line that should be done in three seconds well, it'll it's, be 20 it's yeah. weird looking at him back in the 80s and realizing how normal he was because yeah. in wall street he's yeah he's he's just kind of yeah he's kind of he's a semi slime ball in wall street but he he knows his limits mm-hmm. so like there's a point where he's like okay all right i'll do this and then by the end of it he's like get me out of this yeah you know? yeah but uh but yeah like he's a sort of a just seems like more normal back then and then like so he found that thing just like christopher walken did and just right like, around secretary i guess is where he started getting real yeah. well i guess crash the cronenberg crash yeah oh, although Jesus, really crash weird. he i don't think he's like that in crash though. no he doesn't have that same type of dialect yeah uh but that movie gave me ptsd <laughs> it's fucked up. it's like one of the most fucked up you can read a description of that movie and it will never be as fucked up as the actual movie <laughs> it's true it's true. Jesus. Very true um then the skeleton key i saw this this is kate hudson i really like it's this good movie. yeah it's no really it's a good, good movie i i was not expecting anything from it no and this is probably behind almost famous uh, yeah almost famous this is probably her second best performance yeah I mean, um, this is one of the only movies that you'll see after Almost Famous where she's yeah. a, she has to carry it by herself. But. Peter Sarsgaard is in this, and it's got a whammy at the end. Mm-hmm. It's got yes, a it great does. whammy at the yes, end. Yes, it does. Hmm. Um, no, because they marketed it as just another horror movie. It looks like every other horror movie I've ever seen, so I haven't seen it. Well, this is very Louisiana voodoo-y yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Sweet. Street, I yeah. love voodoo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. Yeah. I think I'm joking. No, I'm you should. Yeah. You should seriously watch it. It's a good movie. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah. Steel Magnolias. <laughs> the Julia Roberts that, that movie that we couldn't come up with. Well, at least we got it this right off the bat this time. Yeah. Oh my God. I mentioned this to my mother-in-law by the way as I was editing that that podcast, and I was like, "Do you remember the the uh, movie where Julia Roberts has?" Di-? And by the time I got Die out, she was like, "Steel Magnolias." Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah yeah just make us feel stupid <laughs> why don't you uh yeah we just recently talked about steel magnolias yeah. um and then uh, a streetcar named desire um oh, god damn that's such a yeah. great movie this, this is-, is a great movie mm-hmm. oh yeah and again i like i like to point out the good po- parody moments because we get the simpsons parody here with the stella uh-huh. and the whole streetcar but then there's that seinfeld where elaine gets wasted oh, and yeah. she's at, like i think she's with jerry at like the old folks home down in florida <laughs> yeah. visiting his parents and she's like stella! <laughs> <laughs> fucking awesome so this is marlon brando at his finest it's elliot kazan yeah um and vivian lee is blanche dubois uh, who's fantastic they made a remake of this in like '94. Do you remember this? Ew, Alec no. Baldwin played Stanley Kowalski. Yikes! <laughs> Who's the who played the woman? Uh, there's two. There's two main female characters. Yeah, there's Blanche and then there's uh, uh, Stella. Oh yeah, yeah. '95. Um, Alec Baldwin, Jessica Lange, John I do Goodman. This. Yeah, Goodman. Diane Lane. I do remember this. Goodman has popped up a few times today, too. He has. This is like the third or fourth time. Yeah, he's wow. in a lot of New Orleans movies. This was made for TV. Jessica Lange won a Best Actress Golden Globe Award. I remember really? this. Maybe well, it was I, good. I remember Jessica Lange getting all the attention for playing Blanche, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
but I didn't remember Alec Baldwin was in it or any of that other stuff. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, if you're going to watch any of them, watch the 19, is it 51? 51? 51? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking is, of on the one. This is where, this is where a lot of people point to where naturalistic acting started. Mm -hmm. Marlon Brando's performance. Um, because up until that point, we had been getting like the Cary Grants and the Jimmy Stewart's of the world who were perfectly fine mm -hmm. the way they were. And there was a lot of theatrics involved in their acting and everything this is the first time somebody seemed to really get raw and dark yeah, yeah. and uh, that type of thing and i think that was that's what a lot of people point to is that that sort of that nexus point i guess sort of you know i don't know if i'm saying that right but. well no i mean it's, this is the first time yeah that i think somebody embodied that character and you needed to embody that character to make it really sing mm -hmm. you know? yeah um and then there's a suicide squad which i mm -hmm. think has pieces is is it pieces well, bell uh bell reeve bell isle yeah bell reeve is the prison in in louisiana where yeah. the squad is formed really yeah uh-huh it must be like based in the comics canon because there's no like movie reason for that well they end up in new york right no or they Gotham? end up in midway city is oh, their the is fuck? their destination which is the the comic book representation of chicago but they're formed in the the prison down there where Ike okay. Barinholtz is and everything mm -hmm. is in Louisiana. Yeah, let's it's talk about swamp. something else now. Fuck that movie. Well, you know, the so something awful. else is the Water Boy, which we have discussed uh, yeah. quite a bit. Well, that movie is Louisiana as fuck, though. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, in a car cartoony kind of caricature way. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if I was from Louisiana, I would be too fond of the way Louisianans are portrayed. Or sound. I didn't. I didn't like this movie at all. No, I hated it. No, well, I mean, it's got some moments. In it. I yeah, mean, it's, it's it's like a lot of comedies, right? Yeah, I remember if this was the first time I felt like he was playing a mentally challenged person for mm -hmm. laughs. Because mm. he is. Mm -hmm. And that's frustrating for me because mm -hmm. I, I think there's a way to have a mentally challenged person in a comedy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's kind of offensive. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't really laugh all that much. And I'm as we've said before, I'm kind of an Adam Sandler apologist up until a point. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I didn't find really. Do they use the R funny. word in this movie? Uh, I don't remember. This was definitely in the era when that was would well, still. Have been. I mean, the coach yeah. was an asshole. Like every play, opposing player was an asshole. Like everybody's an asshole in this movie. Yeah, so. yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I mean, I mean, there is a point where uh, this, I do like this, but if you're gonna, if we color it in, under the idea that he might have uh, some issue or whatever, then maybe it's not as funny as I thought it was. But <laughs> the part where he's like sitting there going. Uh, like they because he starts getting he starts uh getting success he's he has a lot of sacks and stuff like that and they so they lawrence taylor takes him to some thing to talk about how is how he's doing the things that he's doing and he's like so tell us how how do you how do you get so many sacks he's like well uh the the guy with the ball i guess chase after the guy with the ball and if he throws it to somebody else i throw it i, I chase after that guy or whatever <laughs> and then so lawrence taylor turns turns to the kids and he's like that reminds me of another thing, kids. Don't use crack. <laughs> <laughs> and this is before all of his, like... No, this was after. <laughs> no, after his crack. But since then, he got arrested with a prostitute and all that. Yeah, I mean, he, Lawrence Taylor is always in I like, yeah, every some other sort day. of trouble. Uh, yeah. I feel like I remember the water boy trying to excuse it by doing that thing where they just said, well, he's slow mm. or he's slower. I think there's probably even a scene early on where someone asks something blatantly, like, is he... Yeah, he could challenged, be. and they say, "Oh, he's just a little slower than everybody." But that's just still a cheat. Mm -hmm. And most of the comedy is coming from the fact that he's stupid. Yep. Yeah, you're right. But not in a dumb and dumber kind of way. Yeah. 
it's not anyway sorry i, I get it i get you uh, then uh, you have some, uh, another. We'll, we'll rapid fire this. Angel Heart, uh, which is the Alan Parker movie where mm. Robert De Niro plays Satan, I believe. Oh. oh my God! This is this movie is this movie has the most fastest lose your boner scene ever. <laughs> because I remember there's like a naked Lisa Bonet, Lisa Bonet with Mickey Rourke, and there's sex, and then all of a sudden everyone's drenched in blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's like blood raining from the ceiling or yeah, something something like that because yeah, i remember i remember very distinctly wow my boner just went away in yeah. a second exactly. in like one second flat <laughs> like no problem um yeah so like if you if you you know if you have the you, the problem with the viagra or whatever you know like the five hours scene. just watch angel heart <laughs> um then there's uh albino alligator which was kevin spacey's uh, directorial debut and it had a ton of people in it don't remember liking this very much Mm. i saw it but it's uh it's mostly set in one bar too. yeah it's set in a bar i remember not liking it as well yeah i think matt dillon's in it yep matt dillon's definitely in it uh but i i remember there being one really cool shot in there of an overhead shot of a car like crashing or Mm. something but man i don't remember much other than i didn't like it uh the big easy i haven't seen this in forever this mm. is the is it dennis quaid ellen barkin yeah, I think so. yeah yeah um uh obviously the big easy you yeah. know yeah. yeah yeah so i mean if it wasn't shot in new orleans might be like chicago though that was shot in canada <laughs> <laughs> or it could have been about that basketball player no it could have been uh then there's bug william friedkin yeah uh this is based on a play really yeah wait william freakin made this? william freakin made this i just saw this randomly a week ago and then you sent the list of louisiana movies and this was on it interesting it's yeah. a weird ass movie yeah michael shannon Is and ashley good? judd who and harry connick jr harry connick jr who believe that they there's a bug a flesh-eating bug in their hotel room mm-hmm. and that they have to hold themselves off mm. in this hotel room and you never know whether or not there's no, anything. It doesn't answer the question. Never answers the question, which is, you know, and so they, they do some real fucked up stuff in this movie. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Friedkin, uh, got on this sort of career path where he did this and he did, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's Killer Joe. Killer, Killer Joe. Joe. Oh, he made that too? Yeah. Yeah. That movie's fucked up. Yeah. That movie's real fucked up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, The Cincinnati Kid, which is a pretty good poker movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, Steve McQueen. Uh-huh. Uh, good movie. Like Steve it's funny it, it tells you it tells you the the era that we live in cincinnati kid's a great movie and and at one point somebody we were playing i was playing poker with some people and they decided let's put cincinnati kid up on the screen while we do this now cincinnati kid doesn't have very much poker in it even though it's a poker movie mm-hmm. or and like uh and and you know you had people like turn around what what the hell is this, this is a, and you have to say it's no it's really it's it's actually a good movie and everything but it's not rounders which you can right. have in the background you know it's con- you know constantly things going on and everything mm-hmm. whatever but cincinnati kids good how offended would like a poker party be if i showed up for my first one and in the background i put up the movie 21 <laughs> <laughs> they would be confused probably why did you put a shitty movie yeah. it's not even the same game yeah <laughs> uh kidnap which came out last year that's a halle berry movie mm-hmm. nobody here saw that nope. is that the one where she's a 911 operator yes no uh, it's not that's my joke it's a whole separate movie oh shit <laughs> yeah i was about to say i don't remember that <laughs> happening no oh, yeah this is where yeah in I, that one the girl got kidnapped and halle berry's on the phone trying right. to find her, and no. then physically ends up in the building saving her yeah. as 911 operators are wont sure, to do yeah. 
the Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. I don't think I saw this. No. You call a movie that? I'm not watching. I it. did see Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yes, I saw. But that I did too. not see the Yaya Sisterhood. <laughs> well, it's the same thing, only with more Yaya. Oh, yeah. right, yeah. right. Yeah. What are what are Yaya's anyway? Mm-hmm. Mom, Dad, could you tell me what a Yaya you is? You got to watch the movie to find out. Dracula 2000. I saw this shit. Gerard <laughs> Butler, too. baby. Yeah. Me too. Holy shit. Not good. Oh, it's a terrible movie. Not Holy good. crap. This is why back in the... Because Blues Brothers 2000. I was going to say, any movie that has 2000 as part of the title is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, like, uh, like they, you know, they were. it was like 98, 99. They would do these like blah, 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 2000. And, yeah. you know, yeah. awful. Yeah. I actually... They did it so often often there was a i think it was the 97 or 98 version of the the ea sports hockey game Mm -hmm. where like they didn't have any any locks in place when you created a player so you could 99 up all of his stats and make Uh him superhuman and i made one i called hockey bot 2000 (laughs) (laughs) and he won the mvp yeah (laughs) he was indestructible (laughs) i never saw this lbj movie that came out last year too that's the one with woody harrelson Mm -hmm. yeah i I didn't watch that because i watched the lbj movie with cranston brian cranston ah okay and i'm like how many lbg yeah lbg um (laughs) yeah it was good enough i mean i also recently saw the communist writer one uh trumbo oh yeah and yeah i had i had a decent time watching it but what communist writer (laughs) that's actually a good summary i guess he's not a communist in that movie but uh the man in the moon that's the reese witherspoon uh movie i've seen that's her first uh first performance sam waterston I think you might be right. And one of the Jeremy or Jason London is in this. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Um, this was one a, of them London yeah. boys. Yeah, this is one of those I saw on Sunday yeah, afternoon. Jason you know. London. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I haven't seen this in forever. But Reese Witherspoon's like fourteen. Oh, so. is she that young? Yeah, she's, she's super young. young yeah. yeah. Um, and and this was uh, and this is where she's you know like basically. Uh, straight out of Nashville at this point. Mm-hmm. Straight out of Nashville. That's right. She had done those uh, Emma Superlative Florist commercials and stuff like <laughs> the that. Superlative That's right. Um, I got to look that up. That's before I moved to Nashville. Yeah. Uh, oh, you never saw the Emmas? Just like Opryland, the, the theme park. That's a reference that I'm oh, never going to... Oh, my gosh. Those, those Emmas commercials? They like He had this one the... guy. He had this real distinct voice, and he's like, <laughs> Emmas. That's a pilot to florist. <laughs> it was like an SNL skit. Yeah, it really was. Um, and then, uh, let's see, uh, a movie just called New Orleans. I, I, Billy Holiday and Louis Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see this. Yeah. It was yeah, one was of those musicals. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty Baby, which is known for having a very underage Brooke Shields. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Naked in it. Now, it was... It was sort of it wasn't done in any sexual way or anything but it was even i mean even back in the 70s where they didn't give a fuck mm-hmm. this was controversial and, this is before uh, blue lagoon too right yeah yeah and that was controversial yeah yeah absolutely because she was underage in blue lagoon as well um, it's almost like we didn't have laws for a while uh, yeah right? <laughs> um so uh anyway yeah that i mean there's there's some people who really like the movie uh anyway the princess and the frog that's a decent a decent animation uh that was when uh uh lassiter took over uh the whole animation division at disney and decided that there should be some 2d animation mm-hmm. uh that came out and uh this one was it was different because the princess is black for a change oh. and uh and so like it's the same essential story and i think even on this one though they have a, like a twist it, they twisted the original story a bit 
so that it's not the exact same. I don't remember what that well, was. Well, when the, when she kisses the frog and he grows into a prince, he still has a cloaca. Oh, right, oh, right. Nice. Which still very think, controversial. You would think That's Disney right. would not touch that topic. <laughs> well, you wouldn't but. think they'd animate a cloaca. <laughs> I'm, but, and yet they did. Because <laughs> it's such a non-sexual yeah, looking thing. I know, exactly. <laughs> uh, then there's a, a selfless. Uh, is that is that... Was that Johnny Depp? Well, no, it's uh, Ben Kingsley and... Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. I'm thinking of some other movie that had Wait. The, da- the slash in it. It's a s- body switching thing. Like, uh, Ben Kingsley wants to be in a younger body. They're still making those? Mm-hmm. God damn it. Yeah. All right. Uh, then uh, Undercover Blues. That's Alec Baldwin, right? Oh, no. Isn't Kathleen that Turner? Dennis Quaid? Is that Dennis Quaid? Is that the one where he, is, uh, he and his wife are agents and their kid gets involved? I said Kathleen Turner. Oh, uh, yeah, that's it. Dennis Quaid, Kathleen Turner. Yeah. Oh, Kathleen Turner is in it. Yeah. Oh, I, thought I, I thought I'd made a misreference. I'm thinking of Miami Blues because oh, Alec yeah, Baldwin yeah. was in that. Yes. Uh, but uh, underco- I didn't see Undercover Blues. Did you see that? No. No. I have no And uh, The Whole Truth. I don't know. Uh, I've, see- I've seen nothing but The Truth, but I haven't ever seen right, The Right, whole right, right. Yeah. I've seen The Truth about cats and dogs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so you want to talk about movie or what? I would love to talk about movie. Yes. Movie. Uh, and for for those of you who uh some reason don't know yeah we've been talking about this a bunch but uh movies great it's got so many movies that you have never seen before exactly and uh and it's it goes from all sorts of different countries too like i'm i'm i gravitate towards the french movies and everything but there's stuff from like south america and china and, yeah you know like every country imaginable sometimes is on this thing yeah and uh recently i saw another french movie it's called buffet foie ah yeah mm. with gerard depardieu gerard depardieu yeah, he's got the funnest name yes he does <laughs> and this is young gerard depardieu this yeah. is before we we americans knew who he was really <laughs> my father the hero well, i think it was green green card, card. Oh, green card. yeah <laughs> right. um but uh but yeah uh he's in it and it's it's so absurd like i didn't know movies like this could be made <laughs> <laughs> um it was it's like in the 70s they made this movie and like it starts off with him in a subway like it's late at night maybe two o'clock in the morning or something like that and he's talking to some guy and uh and uh and like suddenly he just pulls out a knife and he says hey here here have my knife and all that they're having this <laughs> conversation he's like here have my knife and the guy's like i don't want your knife get get, get away from me and the guy gets on the train and gerard depardieu runs after him he's like come back come back Next scene, we see this guy has been stabbed with Gerard Depardieu's knife. Oh and, 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 and Depardieu's like, he's like, well, who do you think did it? Do you look like me? He's like, yeah, I think it was you, in fact. <laughs> like, it's so weird. And then he comes back home. He tells his wife, I think I may have killed somebody. <laughs> she puts the knife in the dishwasher. Don't worry about it. We're going to clean this up. And, uh, and, she, and so like they have this conversation and everything. Next morning, Gerard Depardieu's wife is dead. <laughs> Somebody comes to the apartment and says, I'm the one who killed your wife. And Gerard Depardieu's like, okay, come in, come in. <laughs> and they have tea together. Oh, my God. And there's a, they're, in, they, they're, they're like in this apartment complex that looks abandoned, basically. But there's it's him and there's a police inspector. Yeah. The police inspector just doesn't want to do his job ever. Like, uh, they add, there's a point where him, the guy who kills Depardieu's wife and police investigator are all sitting together and they're like, uh, 
he they said uh, so what so what do you do to solve these crimes and he's like well as little as possible <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> That's it's just an absurd movie that i loved i loved it i loved this it sounds uh, awesome yeah it's so crazy and uh that's one of the recent movies i've seen you're never gonna get turned on to that if it weren't for this like curated would service. have never heard of it yes. yeah yeah and that's the point of this uh this service i believe is just to introduce you to stuff you may have never given a chance before or you've never heard of before and and you know they they're real passionate about it yeah obviously like every one of their capsules is like you know please give this a chance this is something yeah, it gives you a description and then it give like a general description and then it gives you the context in another like little paragraph that says you know this is where the director was coming from and this is kind of their influences and it influenced this you know this next wave and things like that and particularly so it's around con time uh the con film festival that's mm. coming up in a in a i think in may um and so there's a lot of like european stuff coming out and i just saw one uh, from germany called afternoon mm mm-hmm. What I love about like the the European art house cinema is that it takes its damn time, you know? Like it 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 doesn't rush stuff. It mm. lets stuff breathe. And this is like a, a family drama basically uh that unfolds like in a lake house in Ber- outside of Berlin. And it's just it's it's beautifully shot, it's beautifully acted, it's understated. It gives you time to think about what people are saying in between when they're saying it. Mm. And then I love these slow builds where at the end, like you really get the emotional payoff from these characters. And that's what this has. It is really, really good. I would recommend it. Uh, but there's a ton of stuff that I had never heard of on here, especially from Europe. Mm-hmm. And man, it's really good stuff. Yeah. You have, you have a really good chance of seeing something quite amazing and something that you have never seen before. And I mean, definitely stuff that you haven't seen before. And, uh, and like I said, this one that I just saw, I just like, I, I, I did, it's like a miracle. Like a movie like that could be made is amazing to me. So um, the yeah. only drawback here with the movie offer that that we're giving you is that it comes at the very expensive price of zero dollars. Zero? What? That's outrageous. What? So you're, you're going to have to go into your wallet or your change purse or whatever <laughs> your your Bitcoin, your pocketbook vault, <laughs> and deduct nothing and do nothing but sign up. Yeah. At Mubi.com slash CinemaSins. Yeah, go to that URL, Mubi, M-U-B-I dot com slash CinemaSins. 30 days free. 30 days. Now, this is an extended free trial only if you go to that link. Right. So 30 days, man, you're going to fill up your cinematic brain cells. They're going to be puffed out. They're going to be swole. That's right. In a good way. Like swole, like uh, like after you get done working mm-hmm. out. That's right. You won't be finding anything like Lakeview Terrace <laughs> no. on Mubi. It's not going to happen. You won't be finding any law-abiding citizen yeah. on Mubi. You, yeah. You're going to be getting the good shit you yeah. never heard of, you never would have seen. Uh, and, you know, there's, the hit or miss ratio is so high. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on the positive side, it's kind of remarkable. And I guess that comes from this, you know, hyper-curated you know, thing again. This is not. Let's throw a million titles at you, yeah. and you spend an hour even trying to choose. This is it's heavily curated. We think you might like this for mm-hmm. this reason. Um. Anyway, we've been enjoying it. We think you would too. Check it out. There's re- like literally no reason not to. Exactly. Mubi dot com. M u b i dot com slash cinema sins. Thirty day free trial. Bam. So let's uh let's go to our uh, recommend and warn. Yeah. How about it? Totes amazeballs. They're great. It won the Academy Award. Oh, for what? For best movie ever made. All right. 
Oh, you uh, looked at me. I've seen a lot of shit this, I have uh, this week. I've yeah. seen too much shit. <laughs> I've seen too much. I could have I could have spent 20 minutes right here on <laughs> Law Abiding Citizen, but I'm sure you'll move <laughs> most of that to the outtakes. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the first thing I, I briefly wanted to touch on, we've talked about these movies before and recently, but I managed somehow in the last week to see both the original Psycho and the Gus Van Sant remake of Psycho. Ah. And I've just it's just renewed evidence that that remake didn't need to be made and is inferior on every level isn't this is another sort of i mean even though that psycho is a shot for shot remake quote unquote even though there's some different things in it it's the same thing that i was just talking about with old boy and everything it's the same essential story but something's missing yeah and it's what is it what is that what is it that it's missing let me ask you this if you had seen that without seeing the original psycho or knowing that it existed would it be a good movie Oh, maybe because Vince Vaughn is not bad in this. I do believe he's the worst thing about it. Though. Oh, really? Because what happens is when he does that, that, what Perkins does really well is that awkward, nervous laughter. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and when Vince Vaughn does it, I get shades of Wedding Crashers or Swingers. Like, oh, yeah. you know, when when Trenton Swingers does that, like that fake laugh or whatever, like some of that creeps in. And that's the; those are the scenes that stand out the most to me. Is with anything with Vince Vaughn? I think Anne Hesh's stuff is fine. Uh, you know, Viggo Mortensen's fine. Is he the the detective? No, no, that's William H Macy. Uh, Viggo Mortensen's the boyfriend, Sam. Lewis oh, okay. It's been forever since I've seen. It. Um. <clears throat> anyway, it's just it's the original is superior in every way, and I would inc- if you have never seen the the sequel, just don't. Yeah, just don't. Yeah, because that'll be two hours you'll never get back, and you'll spend the whole time going. Oh, the original did this better. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's another thing, right? I mean, there's other minor things that may not even be an effect to the quality, but the first one is a black and white movie. You have mm-hmm. different performers in it, and something comes off just weird. And it, and you may just be just either subconsciously or consciously just comparing that movie to the old. Movie. Oh, sure, yeah, and 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 I mean, it, that's a that's a. I mean, it's that's not a, a revelation of any sort i'm just saying that why do those remakes that are like that are essentially the same movie still come off just bad afterwards yeah, it's not, a big this movie exists yeah type of thing, you yeah know? Really. definitely definitely so I, I wrote down i definitely wanted to recommend the original psycho and warn against the remake god that original one is so great i think it it's really because is. of the black and white of course the blood was like corn syrup wasn't it or it was some sort of concoction that hitchcock made that showed up perfectly as blood in black and white. Yeah, only. I think that's what it was. Um, it's one of the best shots of the film when he pans over and you see the water flowing pure and then the blood starts coming into yeah. it. It's great. Do you, since you've seen this recently, here's a, here's possibly an example of why the original might be better than the remake. When you see uh, in the original Anthony Perkins, like a, watching that car go down into the water, you see him, he's just kind of like popping like either popcorn or something in his mm. mouth and, and sort of, and you sort of root for him to get away with it, which is weird. But do you see Vince Vaughn doing anything like that? Actually, Vince Vaughn, yeah, he's standing there popping some kind of food, but he plays it more of a, more of a, I'm standing here because I'm not sure it's going to go all the way down into the water. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like the Perkins plays it more of a, it's almost like the scene is to show you he's done this a dozen times before. Yeah, I, I did what I had to do to get. Yeah, whereas Vince Vaughn plays it more of I just committed my first murder and I'm not sure I'm covering it. That's up right. where you, that's where you 
that's where I feel like those are those tiny differences that sort of add up yeah. after a while. Well, yeah. a big difference is the implied voyeurism for Perkins, and then oh, Vince Vaughn actually masturbates yeah, he's, while he's looking right. through actually the Actually hear the sounds yeah. of him jerking off. <laughs> yeah, it's unnecessary. Yeah. yeah, and not to mention also that, you know, because we're in the 90s at this point, we can show women naked, mm-hmm. and hey, well, let's, let's just go ahead and just show her naked. Yeah. Might as well. Is she naked in that? Yeah. I didn't even remember that. Yeah, and again, it's unnecessary. It's like Logan. We mm. can, so let's do it. Yeah. 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 Um, um, I have more, but let's let you guys go first yeah, and see if we ahead. have time. Well, I saw recently um, a movie called Maggie's Plan. Have you guys seen this? Mm-hmm. This is, um, it's actually Greta Gerwig is the main actress, the main. Oh, this is, oh, this is like me some Greta Gerwig. This is why I watched it, uh, because I haven't seen a lot of her acting and, you know, she's getting all this attention for Lady Bird and her directing work. Um, and so this is a weird, this this is a fucked up romantic drama. Hmm. Not fucked up in the way that'll scar you, but just like basically she's she steals this it's uh <laughs> Ethan Hawk. She steals Ethan Hawk, this this writer on the rise, away from his famous wife, who I feel like it's Julianne Moore or somebody like that. Hmm. Um and it, then it cuts to three years later, they've had a kid, but they're unhappy. And so Greta Gerwig's character decides her goal is to get him back together with his ex <laughs> because the reason they're unhappy is he can't finish his book because he was unhappy with his first wife and that uh. fueled his productivity and the happiness he has with Greta Gerwig keeps him from being able to write. <laughs> and basically the movie ends with them as like this really weird nuclear family that has two couples and kids from different people in it it's really hmm. bizarre i had fun watching it hmm. uh and she's just delightful as an actress yeah mm-hmm. the fact that she's getting any acclaim i still haven't seen lady bird i'm sure it's great as a director is phenomenal because this means she's a two-sport player uh and i didn't really have much familiarity with her acting but i th- she was compelling enough to keep me wrapped up in and i read the description before i watched the movie i knew she was going to try and get her husband back together with his first wife and i was like why would you do but she was captivating by the way that was julianne moore okay that's what i thought Uh, but yeah greta gerwig was a part you know i I don't does mumblecore still exist is it still strong i don't know it's not strong i don't think but i don't know you still have this like swanbergs and mm-hmm. all the, and uh the duplass brothers and all that they're still doing the cranking out those those type of things this is a movement that i didn't even know about until you brought it up one time mumblecore mumblecore oh yeah and uh but uh but greta gerwig was like the meryl streep of the mumblecore mm-hmm. interesting like uh these real low budget um just naturalistic type of movies this movie feels like that yeah and uh and then she, her her big break was greenberg mm-hmm. uh, the ben stiller movie okay and then she uh, got involved with uh, noah bombeck yeah that and uh francis ha was her next big thing yeah and i love her man yeah, yeah she's I, great. I, I i i'm i'm interested and excited to experience more of her work both mm-hmm. as a director moving forward and uh, the stuff she acted in that i haven't seen yet by the way that her scene with ben stiller in greenberg she has a sex scene with him, and it's the least sexy sex yes. scene I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Really? And it's it's. Have you ever graphic. seen Angel Heart? <laughs> <laughs> We've come up with two know. unsexy scenes. <laughs> That's a. This is a boner killer too, by the way. This is. Uh, and then and then I can bring up the uh, the Emma Thompson Jeff Goldblum one in the Tall Guy, which uh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is. Uh, we could do a whole episode on uncomfortable sex scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Where where there's like a point where <laughs> well, actually that's not there's a, a, bad idea. There's a point where there's like just 
feet on a piano and you're like how are they having any kind of sex in this position like his feet are out and and it's like her feet are out too like that's uh, like the showgirls that's a terrible sex scene oh my god oh so Uh, bad yeah that's horrible i I think even during filming of that kyle mclaughlin lost his dick (laughs) and they weren't even being serious it wasn't even it wasn't even penetration he lost it detachable penis that's right uh, and then my official warn this week is going to be a, a relatively recent movie called the pawn shop chronicles yeah i'm getting the blank stares i no was hoping kidding. for because this movie is full of famous people you know uh-huh. and it is it's it's basically three stories very three violent stories that are all anchored by this pawn shop uh, where one of the characters in each story ends up in the pawn shop at some point in their story. The pawn shop is run by Vincent D'Onofrio and Chi McBride. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like the old Muppets. In the, they just sit around chewing the fat in this pawn shop all day and probably get one customer a day. By the way, not to interrupt, I do believe his name is Shy McBride, but I just, wanna, just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> I said something to Barrett in an email recently about what a weird time it, it is to live in because i i don't watch tv news anymore mm. my wife still does but i i, I consume 99 percent of everything i read in print yeah. online or in print um and so there's so many names of famous people who weren't famous 10 years ago names are out of control man. and i don't know how to say them yeah um <laughs> that was the betsy McBride. devos what that was the betsy devos line yeah betsy devos because <laughs> yeah. i said betsy devos i didn't fucking know yeah. i'd never heard an anchor pronounce her name i'm not gonna watch the goddamn news jesus oh, I christ and it's it's v-o-s so it's not like v-o-s-s where well, right. i had to do it twice because you were like it's devos or it's and i said devos but it was diva or what however it's i devos said and you said it Devos first, and then it was devos God damn anyway so the opening vignette is is a violent uh drug deal heist gone wrong with a with a backstabbing lucas haas is in it paul walker this is actually the last role paul huh. walker filmed uh they're all playing unrecognizable redneck talking dirty people hmm. uh, and that ends violently and a character ends up in the pawn shop um <clears throat> and then after they leave matt Dillon comes in and matt Dillon sees a ring He's actually comes in with his wife. They just got married and he's going to buy her a wedding ring. And while shopping for a wedding ring, he sees the wedding ring he gave his first wife six years ago before she disappeared and he's never seen her since. So he asks the pawn shop guy, where'd you get this ring? Where'd you get this ring? And eventually he says, okay, okay, if I'll tell you, it was given to me by this guy. It turns out to be the guy that was on that L.A. cop show, Southland and Walking Dead, blonde hair, big moosey looking guy. Can't remember his name. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, but you know him when you see him. So Matt Dillon asks this guy, well, where'd you get the ring? And he won't tell him. So Matt Dillon beats the fuck out of him. <laughs> and eventually this guy says, oh, okay, I won it in a card game from this guy. Turns out to be Elijah goddamn Wood. <laughs> so Matt Dillon goes to this plantation looking house, walks in. Elijah Wood is on the couch masturbating to porn of him having sex with three women at once. <laughs> and Matt Dillon, Matt Dillon's like, where'd you get this ring? Where'd you get this ring? And the guy, Elijah Wood's like, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where your wife is. I don't know how I came into possession of the ring. Blah, 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 blah. Just insists. So Matt Dillon ties him down on his back to the coffee table and runs fishing hooks in four corners of his mouth up to the corners of the room Ah. so that if he moves, he will tear out a chunk of his own cheek. Ah. And at that point, Elijah Wood says, okay, she's out back. She's in the first silo. Ah. So he goes out back. 
opens a grain silo and there's a naked chick in a cage. Then oh. he goes and it's his, his former wife. She doesn't remember him. She's basically feral at this point. He goes back in and starts beating Elijah Wood in the mouth with a baseball bat. Oh. <laughs> then he goes outside and opens the other silo and there's literally like 72 stacked naked women in cages. Is Elijah Wood playing his character from Sin City? Might as well <laughs> be. Seems like yeah. Might as well be. And um, so he lets them all out and says, there's soap in the house. Literally, this is what he says. There's soap and food in the house. Get yourself cleaned up. And then he takes his new wife and gets in the car and takes off. Well, she doesn't want anything to do with him. She's basically a nonverbal caveman. Uh, and he doesn't understand why she doesn't remember him, yada, yada, yada. Somehow that story ends and we go to Brendan Fraser, who's an Elvis impersonator. And he's got this big gig at the county fair tonight. And he's going to do his Elvis impersonation. But then he meets the devil. And the devil offers to let him be as good as Elvis in exchange for his soul. So he sells his soul to the devil and goes up to the county fair and sings uh, some gospel song. I think it's Amazing Grace. Um, And everybody loves it. And there's like angelic sounds, yada, yada. And then 72 naked women from the barns walk into the county fair and line the front of the stage because they're mesmerized by the... This movie is insanity. Jesus Christ. And it doesn't hit any of the notes it thinks it hits. Yeah. It's like the only way this movie gets made is because you segmented everybody's story so that Elijah Wood never got to see what you were filming with Matt Dillon. So he didn't really understand exactly how fucked up everything in this movie was or he wouldn't have agreed to it. Uh, And it's one of these things where somebody famous probably, you know, probably wanted to write and direct their first feature and knew enough people. I I can get Brendan Fraser for three days. I can get Chi McBride for three days. I can get Vincent D'Onofrio for three days. And we're going to It's like, did you ever see that movie? Twenty bucks. That followed a $20 bill yeah. as it passed from person to person. I don't think I saw that. Um, this movie is trying to be like that. Oh, yeah? Um, with a little bit of a Pulp Fiction comic violence vibe, and it just does does not hit. But, again, I was riveted start to finish. That's crazy. He did. So this is uh, Wayne Kramer that directed it. Uh, he wrote The Cooler, and I think he uh, directed it, too. Yeah. I believe, the William yeah, H. Macy yeah, thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He wrote and directed that movie. That sounds insane. It's insane. I was like, Pawn Shop Chronicles? I've never heard of this. And I was like, oh, Paul Walker? All right, well, I'll just settle in. And I started seeing more and more famous faces. And I thought, well, how does this happen? How does this movie get made? And I never even heard of it. It reminds me, there's two movies that we didn't cover in the uh, uh, the summer preview thing that are that have some pretty heavy uh, ads with whatever I'm watching for whatever reason. But there's... One called Hotel Artemis, the the Jodie Foster and like a million other people in it. I seen that. Um, it's got it's a it's a it's a basically it's a hospital for criminals. Hmm. And um and like uh, it's got a ton of people. It's got Jodie Foster, Sophia Batella, Dave Bautista, J- Jeff Goldblum, Jenny Slate, Sterling K. Brown. Huh. Uh, and it's just like a ton. Charlie Day, Brian Tyree Henry, Zachary Quinto. I mean, there's like a ton mm. of people in it, and I keep seeing trailers for it, and it's coming out like later in the summer, mm. I think. Huh. Uh, but that's what when you first saw when you start bringing this up, I was like, this reminds me of the, even though it's not exact, it's no, not, yeah. in, in no way like it. But there's that other one too that they're they're doing, and, and uh, Baird and I were talking about it. Sorry to bother you. Mm-hmm. There's another movie that's going to be coming out that's got this weird kind of vibe to it, yeah. and uh, and uh, it's got Lakeith Stanfield and Tessa Thompson in it. And uh, it looks really funny, but yeah, who knows? It could yeah. be one of those who that knows? just go under the radar, and we 
end up having jeremy tell us what it's about <laughs> um, <laughs> i really i don't I just, i'm just now kind of fully realizing this today i really enjoy telling you guys the plot of terrible movies that i had fun watching <laughs> you're very good at like, it it's a very entertaining experience <laughs> yes are you you were thinking about norman reedus right uh who was in the walking dead no oh somebody else from the walking dead because norman reedus is in. This. i get this guy confused with martin mcdonough or, or no mark mccauley he played bull bull on something night court not night court it was just called bull right no that is a different guy <laughs> from ncis kevin okay. rankin uh pell james sam hennings have you pulled up the movie yeah michael cut it's michael cut pull if you google him or oh, click on yeah. his face he's in you, gross point blank you recognize oh, that guy. oh yeah he's uh he's the 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 red-haired guy yeah, in, he's uh, bobby beamer in gross point blank yeah <laughs> and he's been he's in the walking dead for a while yeah <laughs> he's on that la cop show with the guy from the oc oh yeah i yeah. saw this movie Southland. called the net with the girl from the bus yeah. <laughs> you're talking about southland on yeah. that one um uh all right so i think i've probably recommended these before on this podcast before but they're in new seasons and mm -hmm. if you haven't if you haven't seen these then uh you should definitely give them a chance atlanta's second season is better than the first one i don't know how i haven't seen this show Me too. um atlanta's second season has like the first season was basically just about donald glover trying to help this rapper named paperboy and i think they're cousins or something i can't remember if they've got some family relationship or whatever but uh but he's trying to help him get big essentially and um and so like uh and that was the David Tyree Henry that I just mentioned that was in this Hotel Artemis. But, um, but, uh, but like he's trying to help him. And it's basically just all the, the struggles that somebody has if you're poor and you're trying to get somebody, you know, out there and get on the radio and everything like that. And, and it had its, it had its like real awesome, surreal moments and everything mm -hmm. like that all the way through it. This season had, it's, it, they've subtitled this season Robin season. Mm. And so, like, each episode does have some sort of element of somebody has gotten robbed or whatever hmm. or something. But but what, they, what they're doing in this season is instead of having everybody together in every episode, they all have, like, their own single episodes, these characters. Huh. And so, like, the, the uh, Paperboy character, there's there's been two episodes this season where just one of them is he, he just wants to get a haircut. But the guy who he goes to get his haircut from is like constantly like, oh, I'll get, I'll get rid of you. I'll get with you. I'll, I'll be, I'll be there in a second. I'll be there. And then it'd be like, Hey, uh, I need to go to this place real quick. Could you mind riding with me? I'll, I'll cut your hair. I'll cut your hair there. It'll be fine. And, and he just keeps on like going along with it. Huh. And like every single time he's like, all right, could you just please cut my hair? And he's like, he's like, I got this one other thing I got to do. I got this one other thing I got to do before we go. This <laughs> is the whole episode. <laughs> and like there's two episodes that really show like this character of paperboy he's a famous rapper but he has to go through so many weird like unfamous things huh. to live his life <laughs> and and it's just a real interesting thing um there's one with uh there's one where donald glover's girlfriend like they, there's a it's basically a big huge breakup episode essentially where they're like going back and forth and, and eventually having to tell the truth to each other about what you know what what makes them unhappy and all this other stuff but then like they go to one where that girlfriend they, he's broken up with a girlfriend 
and she's in another episode by herself with all of her friend, uh, her other girlfriends, and they're going to this party. They're going to this Drake party in Atlanta yeah. or whatever, and like, and it just follows them huh. the entire time. This and there's a one episode that had no commercial interruption, where Lakeith Stanfield's character goes to a house to pick up a piano, and the guy who, uh, the guy who uh, owns the piano is this. I would say Michael Jackson esque character who was, you know, he's, he was obviously like, I guess he was a black entertainer, but his skin is like super like white. Hmm. And I'm pretty sure Donald Glover played this. Character. He definitely did. I've read about this episode. Oh, and, really? And, uh, it is, it is fucking crazy. Huh. This episode, because it's just, it's another one of those things where like, you know, the character goes and they want this one thing, but like, the, the person keeps on like putting it off and putting it off and putting it huh. off and everything and uh I, I i can't do it justice just by saying how great it is just you need to go watch atlanta that's, Start kind of, that's watch, next on my list watch the first season and then go into this one which is just a just explores just new territory and everything and everything about it's just so i don't know it, it's not like a laugh out loud show but you will be entertained and smiling mm-hmm. throughout it and it's just uh it's just very well put together. Hmm. Uh and the other show is Billions. Uh, yeah. I've mentioned Billions before. It's in its third season. Have you seen the picture of Damian Lewis as Toronto Mayor Rob Ford? No, but I bet he's perfect. <laughs> he's unrecognizable. Yeah. I guess like, so. I'll pull it up while you talk about Billions. But uh but Billions is uh another great show. This is from uh from uh Brian Koppelman. Mm-hmm. who uh and his uh part his uh writing partner uh david levian who uh they they're mostly known for rounders mm-hmm. and everything but they they've i think they've sort of made a name for themselves with this show um, uh, all i hear are great things about this show yeah the uh the first season is paul giamatti trying to get damien paul giamatti is a uh a district attorney in new york and uh damien lewis is this like like mega billionaire you know like he's he owns this uh he owns this place called act capital and he's got all these underlings under him and he's of course he's got insider trading and all that type of stuff but it's not just insider trading and he's he actually gets real defensive about all this whole thing like it's not you know it's skill that i'm doing and everything and they should stop you know trying to come after me because mm-hmm. i'm because i'm so awesome but uh but like the whole Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> that's exact. I I could have asked you who is that, and you would have said a hundred people before oh, Damian yeah. Lewis. Oh yeah, Jesus, I can't wait to see this. Sorry, <laughs> but, go ahead. Yeah, the whole first season is him trying to trying to get. He's trying to get something on Damian Lewis, trying to find something that will take him down. And of course, it's way harder than he you know that you would that you would ever think it would mm. be it, i mean it's 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 trying to take down the wealthy is a a very very hard thing mm-hmm. and uh and then the whole second season is 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 almost sort of the same thing although this is more paul giamatti's like trying to get revenge and going over the line season they're mm. both bad characters essentially mm-hmm. like he you you root for giamatti and you kind of root for damian lewis but they're not they're not great people I mean, Giamatti does a lot of stuff in the, in these, in these, uh, in this series that you're like, yeah, you're way over the line because mm. he recuses himself from one of the cases, I believe is in the second season, but he's 
getting all the information and oh, wow. all that. He's always getting because there's a point where he asks his his, uh, his underling like, okay, so how's this case going? He goes, you recused yourself. You, I can't tell you anything about it. And he still finds ways to get mm, get it. Huh. So, this third season though is uh they there was a there was a great season finale to season season two that's lead, led into this season where G- Giamatti basically just went. He went nuclear with like going over the line, hmm. and um, but it has put Damian Lewis in a in a in a worse spot. Hmm. And now Damian Lewis is trying to figure out how do I keep doing the things that I do with less uh, resources. That's I have never found Damian Lewis to be anything short of exceptional. Yeah. Um. So it's definitely on the list of things I need to get to. But. Well, even in a show that was short lived called Life. Yep. He was great in that. Yep. Oh was, yeah, did you like that? Oh, I loved it. I loved that show. Um it it the problem is it set up a premise that had not didn't really have a chance of going farther than uh a couple of seasons mm-hmm. because it's all about he he was in prison and he's trying to find this murderer or whatever. Like he was wrongfully accused. He was mm-hmm. framed of a murder. And so he's like trying to find the person he's got his whole evidence wall and everything like that yeah. and everything and it's only so far it can go it's like prison break you know yeah, like yeah. uh it's like you're gonna you're gonna have five seasons of them in the same prison well apparently not <laughs> <laughs> and uh but then but life was like that too because he i mean i think he pretty much knew who did it by the end of the first season so mm-hmm. I mean, and there's not much else you can do there's no more mystery driving mm. the show at that point I mean, maybe he didn't. Maybe there was supposed to be something like he thought it was this person. Mm. I don't know how the show ended up really finishing, actually, because they canceled it before hmm. it had a chance to. He was great in that show. Hmm. Do you have any warns? Nope. All right. I kind of want to start with my warn. Go for it. Do it. Okay. Have you seen the new Lost in Space on Netflix? Okay. So I was geeked to watch it uh-huh. until you put it as your warn, because I've read mostly B to B plus kind of reviews. Uh-huh. It seems to be getting that kind of general reception. And I I loved the original show. And I'm still going to watch it just because there may be something that connects me to it that didn't for you. Mm-hmm. But you didn't like it, huh? No. How okay. much have you watched? What was I just saw the first episode. <clears throat> what was the tone of the original show? Campy. Right. Okay. And, and so the movie got criticized for being disjointed where it was campy at times but then it was trying to be like kind of a regular action yep. thriller and stuff like that so the new show like wants to take your soul and squeeze it out of your body <laughs> okay it starts <clears throat> by this miserable fucking family okay being in this ship that lands on this planet the same planet that they're supposed to or seemingly that they're supposed to be on and then after they crash into the planet, they continue being miserable hmm. and making each other miserable hmm. and having miserable dialogue. Then it flashes back to their previous miserable life on Earth. So it's like lost. Yeah. In space. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the family kind of hates each other. Will Robinson is a big old pussy that... <laughs> <laughs> that is is useless. Um, everybody gets separated from everybody through the most contrived plot devices ever. Uh, it is it is miserable. Everybody in this in this show, the first episode cries. 
This entire the, the entire cast of the family of five mm-hmm. all have at least one cry, and some of them have multiple cries. Mm-hmm. It is miserable. It's didn't a I, miserable show. Didn't I put this on a previous podcast as something I was looking forward to seeing and list out like what the director's credits were? I think so. Yeah, uh, because I think it's like a. Mm. Because I remember being geeked about a new Lost in Space show from Netflix, and then it was like, from the guys that brought you chairman of the board or something. It's, <laughs> it's, it's something like that. They did Dracula Untold. Yes. The Last Witch Hunter, Gods yes. of Egypt, and Power Rangers. Yes. So, okay, so yes. Power Rangers is the only one on there that has any merit. Yeah. And so it, it, it is a fucking slog. Now, granted... It could just be the first episode. Maybe it gains steam afterwards. Maybe they were they were trying too hard for setup on that first episode, and God. it gets more fun later. Yeah, I I hope so. It, it cannot get less fun. The See, only you- fun element is at the end, and this isn't giving anything away because she's listed. Parker Posey is Doctor Smith, right? In this in this show, and she's right at the very end of of the pilot of the first episode. And she seems like maybe she would have fun with this. Well, but- in the show, that was always where the fun came from mm-hmm. was him and then the interactions with him and and will and the robot mm-hmm. and with the adults and the two sisters it really was more serious and make each other miserable and maybe there's some action with the the don and john going off but the the, the fun always came from dr smith <laughs> and so there's hope for me there yeah because parker posey's great oh yeah and i i'm on board with the idea of gender swapping that character i've read actually a lot about this show i know almost everything they changed from the original like mm. i know that the robot doesn't go with them it comes from some alien ship yep. they encounter um i'm fine with all that stuff um but yeah, we'll see. I guess I'll watch more than you did before I decide to keep going or give up. Let me know if I if I should go any further because I'm less enthusiastic. it was the entire way. Starting at about ten minutes in, I was like, maybe this isn't going to be good uh, because it, it looks fine. The performances seemed fine at first. Uh, the uh, the the mom in this is somebody that seemed familiar. Molly but Parker. Molly Parker. Yeah, she looks really familiar, but I don't think I've she's been in a ton. Of, she's been in a ton of stuff. She was in The Wicker Man. What do I know her from? I don't know. That's why I was asking she's myself. Like, I can picture her face. I've I seen know, the previews for this, and I know I've seen her in a handful yeah. of things. Um, <laughs> the Wicker Man is probably the most recognizable. She was thing on Deadwood, but yeah, I mean, I remember her from The Wicker Man the most because she plays like. Uh, she's in House of Cards. If you saw that, that is definitely That's where, where I she, saw her. Yes, she played the uh, the the one that got with uh, the guy from Moonlight, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, she slept with him. That's yeah. where I know her from. Yeah, uh, and she's perfectly fine. She cries a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems like so he- anyway, it's it's a big. That first episode is a big old warn for me. All right. All right, I'll uh, I'll check it out. I'll let you know. It's still a, it's one of the highest on my list of things I'm going to watch. Well, so. yeah. Let me let me know what you think. And uh, so my recommend is also on Netflix, and this is a show that's been on there for a while, and I can't believe I haven't checked it out, Big Mouth. Mm. Uh, Big Mouth is an animated show that has everybody that's super funny in it. Um, I'll tell you who's... So John Mulaney is the main character. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Kroll is the his, his best friend. Jesse Klein is in it. Jason Manzukas is the third friend. Yeah. Uh, Jenny Slate, Fred Armisen is fucking hilarious in this. And I'll come back to my favorite part. Jordan Peele is in this as a, a few different voices. It's all about uh, sexual awakening and adolescence. And it pulls no fucking punches. Like, it goes into the nitty-gritty of, you know, male puberty, female puberty, how things are, are developing physically and emotionally. Mm-hmm. 
And emotionally, they have this thing called the hormone monster. And Nick Kroll plays the hormone monster that's interacting with the people all through the, the episodes uh, for, for the, the guys. And then Maya Rudolph plays the hormone monstress for the girl. <laughs> she is the funniest fucking thing I think I've ever seen in an animated TV show. Oh, really? It is. It, every episode, I've seen most of the, the first season. I guess there's only one season. I've seen about seven episodes. And every episode, I get at least like five belly laughs out of it. And it's a 26-minute uh, Sounds show. awesome. It is fucking hilarious. It's the most profane uh, most realistic, like, get up in there and talk about all of the shit that goes on that nobody talks about during adolescence. Mm-hmm. It is fucking great. Huh. Uh, the other, the other uh, names on this is uh, hilarious. Uh, Richard Kine is in it. Uh, he's fantastic. I mentioned Maya Rudolph uh, plays a, a few different characters. Kristen Bell has has a great voice. Uh, Chelsea Peretti, Mark Duplass, Paul Shear, Nathan Fillion as himself yeah, and as a, a dog. That's a lot of funny people. And one of the best uh, moments in in the in this first run of episodes is Kristen Wiig as a vagina. Mm. Um, one of the characters for the first time like takes a mirror and peers up to to see what's going on there. <laughs> Kristen Wiig is like, "Hey, how you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, let me take you on a tour of what's going on down here. Up uh, there is the real, that's the real spot right there. And then down here, that's where the pee comes out. And, and, oh my God, she's so fucking hilarious. Uh, and it's it's stuff like that that just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I'll definitely have to watch this. You can, you can binge it really quickly. I mean, I, I just kind of fit it in where I could uh, could get it, but I keep looking forward to the next show. Yeah. It's so great. That sounds awesome. It's a good big, recommend. Big recommend. Again, we don't have enough time for questions. <laughs> okay, we seriously need to pause. And do a whole episode with questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, so, go, to, to make it up. So here's the deal. Uh, next week, we're definitely going to do an MCU one because yeah. because I recently watched all of them and I'm about I'm going to watch Infinity War tonight. That's right. So, Infinity War! So I rewatched all of them and we're going to sort of discuss the MCU at large. I don't know how long that's going to take. May take a long time. May take It'll a whole episode. It'll be interesting episode. to go into all the nitty gritty because you've just like over the last couple weeks. Or yeah, something? it took it took uh, two weeks, maybe a little bit more to get them all done. I tried to see one a day, but then there was a point God. where, uh, like there was a period of time where I had had some days where I couldn't watch it and mm. watch them and everything. So then I had to like start really. I had to ramp it up towards the end there. By the way, Infinity War already kind of spoiled for me. Oh, yeah. I have intentionally avoided even headlines. Dude, I set up filters in Twitter so that I would, so that tweets with certain words would be muted. I spent an hour on it. Didn't matter. Came at me a different way. You spent an hour on the filters? Anyway, you guys are probably going to enjoy yourselves tonight, I hope. Um, I got nothing else to say. But yeah, we're going to talk about that. And and then if we haven't gotten enough time for questions in that episode, then I think we can do a question episode. Yeah after that and then we'll get back on our road trip yeah man but uh yeah uh the that does it for this episode uh keep going to uh the syncast presented by cinema sins on facebook yeah good stuff uh keep going to reddit keep going to twitter uh but uh yeah i love the questions that are coming in and uh love answering you know it seems uh it's, it's a fun thing i didn't expect mm-hmm. it to be fun yeah when it, it started um we have a kind and thoughtful and smart audience that wants to engage on levels that we don't typically think about right and that's what's so rewarding about it i think is you know people come out of the woodwork with some questions you're like whoa i never thought about it that way before uh but uh anyway that'll do it for this week it's chris atkins and jeremy scott and barrett share we'll see you next time
Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I read the whole thing where it was like my enemies in nature yeah right. yeah 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 yeah. and the snake one which was like the first one number 14 he was like or he or she whoever it was is like leave a pile of leaves on your yard for more than a week you have now created a snake habitat. <laughs> pile, pile up firewood outside without putting it on a raised platform you have now created a snake uh, habitat. <laughs> like i said i can't find the actual aftermarket guru on google like there's some things called that but it's not it and uh and like i said the very the thing that does come up is some car place and i called the car place and i was like uh and, and first of course the call the person answering the phone's like blah, 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 blah. yeah and you're like yeah <laughs> who who is this again and they're like who do you think you're getting i was like oh really it what is, is this place called aftermarket guru and they're like no this is called because it is a different name when you it's something it's, blah 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 concepts or whatever and i was like so i was just and the guy i mean the guy didn't understand what i was saying so the fuck would it be did you order anything like no unless it was in my sleep (laughs) (laughs) you ordered like uh like Uh, like a replica of gwyneth paltrow's head in the box oh my god that'd be amazing um you'd have to keep it in the box yeah That would be even better <laughs> if, like, I go to the door and it's Morgan Freeman. Uh, last night, I, I found my, I ended up watching Law Abiding Citizen. Oh, mm. wow. Have you ever seen this movie? No, the, but I, uh, I, I went through it because we did that uh, White Olympus House is Falling yeah. Down. <laughs> and, uh, and, oh, and they're both in. And they're both, like, yeah, they had uh, Ed's Jared Butler in it and uh, <laughs> Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. And so, like, uh, so like i I was going through trying to find scenes in the movie that would quote unquote make sense in that video (laughs) and everything and so like uh so i've seen parts of god it it is maybe the most insane movie i've ever seen like what what is the concept of this he's like wrongfully accused right 10 years ago his wife and family were murdered by two people Mm -hmm. and the da cut a deal with one of the murderers so that he could put the other one away Rather, ah. than, rather than go to trial and risk both of them getting off free. Mm-hmm. And Gerard Butler is pissed. And he spent 10 years. And basically, the movie opens with him brutally torturing the one, the of, the, one of the killers. Oh. Like chainsawing. He puts some drug in him. He was like, this paralyzes you, but you will feel everything. <laughs> and then it like... It like shows him talking about I'm going to use this exacto knife to cut off your eyelids and I'm going to use this thing to cut off your penis and I'm going to and it like he whirs up this saw and it he comes down with the saw on the guy's leg and you hear screaming and so then he just goes home and the Jamie Fox and the cops they find the body they they find out who owns the property it's Gerard Butler and they go and arrest him Gerard Gerard Butler's in court and he, he finds some obscure law because he's probably been studying law for the last 10 years uh-huh. so that he can get out on bail. I'm going to tell you the whole movie. Right. Um, 
And the, ju- the judge is like, I'm inclined to agree with your argument. And he was like, that's so fucking stupid, lady. Why would you do that? And she's like, what? You're going to be in contempt of court. He's like, this is what's wrong with the legal system. I just murdered two people and you're going to let me walk? Because I gave you an obscure thing? I don't think I don't remember who you are, lady. And she's like, what? And apparently she was the judge in the original trial and they're in the original courtroom. So she holds him in contempt of court and sends him off to prison. While he's in prison, he's like, hey, I know where the other murderer's body is. You want me to tell you, um, give me a nice mattress. And at this point, I'm like, this movie's kind of bonkers. And Jamie Foxx is like, okay. So he gives him a nice mattress and goes out and finds the other body. And while he's out, Gerard Butler stabs his cellmate in the neck. <laughs> Why? Because he wants to get sent to solitary. <laughs> Why? Because he owns the land next to the prison and in the last 10 years has built a tunnel from this land <laughs> to the solitary confinement cell. Oh, my God. And he is breaking out, and basically he has this Joker Skyfall plan where he's God. There's this scene where, like, Jamie Foxx talks to this mysterious guy who's like, He's the smartest man you'll ever meet. <laughs> he's not military. He's better than military. He's he's a professional thinker and planner. <laughs> and whatever wherever he is, if he's in prison, he wants to be in prison. And blah blah blah. And basically, one by one, everybody that Gerard Butler is pissed at dies through this <laughs> puppet master. God damn! I was watching this thing going, this shit is insane. How did you even make it? Let alone with two huge stars. Like, how did they not read this and go? This should be a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had so much fun watching it. It's so terrible. God, I'd, ne- I'd never done. I didn't. Ha- I'd never seen a trailer. I never knew anything about this movie. I was expecting something along the lines of Lakeview Terrace. Yeah. And yeah, that's what I was thinking. No, too, yeah. no. Wow. It's like it's bonkers. <laughs> I think the image I used didn't, doesn't Jamie Foxx win in the end. He, he does up, barely. He ends up like like setting fire to a cell yeah. or something like yeah. that and walking out. Yeah, yeah. So, so Jamie Foxx was in White House Down and Jared Butler was in Olympus Has Fallen. And, and so through all the mix match mismatch of all the different like uh, footage oh, and everything, that's so great. Um, was able to find that movie, and then I had had any given Sunday in there, and because uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was that was that and James Woods <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. uh, uh, Aaron Eckhart. And, uh, well, from James Woods, you even went to Contact. Yeah, Contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Angela Bassett's in in uh, one of those movies. One of them. <laughs> yeah. Okay, White. They're the exact same movie. Though, well, right? Olympus Has Fallen is a much better movie. But there's so many people in all in both of those movies. It's sometimes hard to figure out who was who and what. Olympus Has Fallen is the better movie. Yes, I think I've by seen White, far, House, White House Down. And by far the best movie. Really, and that's yeah. the one with Gerard Butler, right? Yeah. And it's the only one of the two that has a sequel. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's uh, the London is falling, right? Yeah, Olympus is falling. Like is is Die Hard and White House. Maybe I've seen that one. Yeah, White I think House that's the one Down I saw. is just oh, it's so shitty. Are they both rated R? Uh, White House Down is PG-13. Okay, I saw the one that was a lot more violent than I thought yeah, it was. Olympus so that was Olympus. Yeah, that's Olympus has fallen is definitely all right. Yeah, I was like, holy shit. They're like, expecting- people get mowed the fuck down. <laughs> yeah, no shit, like in the first Yeah, because they have that plane that somehow bypasses all, all <laughs> it, like, of, the, around the Washington all of America <laughs> and goes through Washington, D.C. Yeah. and starts just blowing people away. And then they've got like the trucks that come in and like guys come out and start shooting and crap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, but yeah, it's it's when you start getting into the inner sanctums of the White House, like, I can't remember if it was, because Morgan Freeman is definitely the guy who takes over in Olympus Has Fallen. He's the... He assumes the presidency. Yes. Right. While Aaron Eckhart is 
is is trying to do his has shit. been kidnapped or whatever okay but then you know, like in white house down you start mixing in like richard jenkins is in there oh, and you have yeah. like janning tatum and <laughs> and they uh, came out right around the same time living yeah. fallen came out in april i believe and then white house down came out around independence day and everything oh, because it, it's roland emmerich of course God damn it Oh. Anyway, that's not even my recommend or my record warn, but you guys would both love watching <laughs> Law Abiding Citizen. I've got it in there. Just I can watch the, it. Just for the bonkersness of it. Yeah, I got to check it's that kinda out. It's kind of like a Saw movie. It's that insane. <laughs> Only it's got Jamie Foxx and Gerard Butler, and it's taking itself seriously. I thought that was another like PG-13, like just you casual thriller. Apparently. Like they even go to take a meeting with the judge and mm. tell her, Hey, we've learned this guy is like super think ahead planner guy. We got to be careful. Maybe we should even like break his civil rights to keep him in prison. And the judge is like, you can't be serious. And her phone rings and she goes to pick it up. And he's like, you're going to answer your phone after all that shit you gave me in court. And she's like, I'm the judge. I can do what I want. Hello. Boom. The phone explodes her head. Because Gerard Butler knew they would be taking that meeting. God, I'm telling you, I want to watch it again. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> this is like my new demolition oh man. Oh my god! Everybody knows that. By yeah, now. everybody knows. <laughs> yes, that's a great song. It is. It is. Mm. Everybody knows that the dice are loaded. <laughs> There's a what is that used in? There's a um, TV show episode or a movie. There might be a Sopranos episode. Oh. I know Watchmen uses two Cohen songs. I think, uh, aside from the obvious one. Actually, I do think that song is in Watchmen. Uh, and yeah, they have. I think it might be that one too. Although, do they, does, he, does he do the? Hey. I don't think they do that one. The first you take Manhattan, then he take Berlin. That one. <laughs> I don't think they do that one in there. Even though it would have been, it would have been on the perfect. nose. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would have been very on the nose, but uh, yeah. it, you know it's better than that hallelujah shit. I love what was the shit. movie recently that cuts to Paris and starts playing London Calling? Oh, Atomic Blonde. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Don't brum brum Paris. Yeah. What, yeah. What was that all about? That had you know what's to... funny? There was a there was a comment on that video that said, "Well, London Calling is about how much London sucks." And I was like, "I don't give a shit. It's the Londonest song uh, ever, yeah, yeah. and you're playing it. You waited until fucking Paris to play yeah, it. That means that means that you can just play London Calling anywhere. You can play it in Kashmir if you want. 